We be live. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Look how it's excited particular... people are. In... Yeah, go on. No, it's so funny. Yeah, what you're saying, people are so excited to go live that Nico's saying, we be live. We be live. Trish is also saying, hello. <laughs> yeah, the company goes. It's just why I was cracking up saying it. Yeah, and this is security saying, it's news time. Look, look, everybody's excited about us covering the news. And these are saying, news time, bitches. <laughs> we have, like, nowhere where, where else do you see people being so excited, like, so about the news yeah we have to like tone it down a little bit right away i think because i think the news is the news kind of bad or good oh it's uh, kind of, oh yeah it's, it starts pretty bad yes i mean we're, we're starting off you know not great but mm. in general uh the news is like pretty mixed today we have like a pretty even split between like not so great news versus actually fantastic news so thank you Wait, can you check which microphone is co-selected? Yeah, it's the right one. Oh, yep, it's the right one. Okay, now it's the right one. Okay, cool. No, it was... Well, I don't know. Right. Okay, okay. Also, we're getting confirmation that Twitch people are also... Okay, fantastic. Guys, and go also, follow us on Twitch. We have uh, we have Hendut for Susanna. Uh, I'm glad that Susanna, she, she added uh, Susanna in the name. Um... <laughs> Because people, are, yeah. So, Hundit for Susanna saying Namaste, Armina Susanna, Namaste. namaste. Wait, did we come up with? Did we came up with an atheist version for Namaste? I see the material in you. I, I don't know. We have to come up. How do you say that in Hindi? We have to come up in Sanskrit. Like, yeah. I see that. Yeah. So, okay. Something tells me in. it's not going to be as easy to say as Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> namaste. Oh. I think it will be. I think it will be something short and sweet. The atheist version of Namaste. Anyways, Namaste to all. Namaste back to you. Namaste right back at you. Uh, oh, Assalamu Alaikum. We're getting that as well. How about Assalamu Namaste? No, never mind. Okay, cool. Um, Wait. Alaikum Aslam. Wubarakat. No. Something, something. Anyways, we need to get to this. Oh, look at this. Namaste for the news. Oh, wait a minute. That's. I like that. You like that? It's corny, but it's so good. Okay, okay. It's really corny. Um. All right, all right, we have to get to the news. So we can't clap for the next first news, right? Uh, no. No. This first right. news is wild. Ooh, okay. All right, first news. First news. Indian Muslim cleric arranged for the murder of a man for, quote-unquote, hurting religious sentiments. On January 25th, Kishan Bolia was shot by two men in retaliation for a Facebook post he made on January 6th. Kishan's post was considered objectionable and hurtful towards the religious feelings of the Muslim community. Two Muslim clerics, Muhammad Ayub uh, Javrawala and Malvi uh, Kam Kama Kamar Ghani Usmani, were arrested on January 28th for the murder of Kishan. 
two other suspects, 25-year-old Shabir Chopta and 27-year-old Mtiaz Pathan were arrested later the same day following the cleric's arrests. Usman runs an organization whose goal is to oppose anyone who insults the Prophet Muhammad. According to Mtiaz Sheikh, police superintendent of the anti-terrorism squad, there is proof of the cleric Usmani um, contacting the alleged murderers via Instagram. Allegedly, Usmani arranged for one suspect to acquire a gun and arranged for him to contact the other suspected murderer. As of February 5th, a total of eight persons have been arrested in connection to the murder, and the police are treating this incident as an act of terror. Okay, all these mentions of guns and killing and stuff. YouTube, that's not us talking. We're just reading the news, okay? Don't come at us, okay? But what, I, I, okay, do these people not... Like, how hurt are they that they are risking their... Like, if, if you just put away the human the humanist part of it like are they not worried about themselves like are they really that hurt because they 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 would have probably got caught right and go to jail for all of this like they should have they probably knew this but they still took the risk like are they genuinely that hurt that they're just gonna throw away like i like let alone the people that they killed like them their own lives are also gonna be screwed for the rest of their lives they're gonna go to jail they're gonna be like their families are gonna now be away from them for the rest of their lives like was they like i'm sure they they knew that and they still went away with this like how hurt could you be with just like like how do this like i'm trying to understand how could people be so hurt by just mere like expression of ideas like why is this a thing yeah, Mustafa's basically saying the same thing. Like, I wonder what these plans were for afterwards, right? Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know, maybe there's the possibility that, because um, based on reports that I've read, um, particularly the men who were recruited to actually commit the murder um, were pretty radicalized. So yeah. they probably believe that any punishment they face is worthwhile for protecting the honor of the prophet and, um, you know, that they will be rewarded in the hereafter for right. their efforts. Oh, so that's, Mustafa, an- that's, that's Mustafa's answer. What was the, what was these people's plans for, where do you, I was reading it. Where did you, oh, un- sorry. It? What, I wonder what these people's plans are for afterwards. I guess afterwards includes eternity in heaven, right? So maybe that's the plan. But yeah, what was the other thing? Oh, Jannah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Jannah means heaven in Arabic. It's it's absolutely wild. Like, I would be really remiss if we didn't talk about this story um, because we talk about so many um, issues happening in India, particularly coming from the extremism, coming from the hinduism faction of things um to not cover a story like this because like a blasphemy killing a blasphemy murder in 2022 in india like it's not that common it happens i mean what what we've talked about more recently is um more from what happens with extreme circumstances with the Sikh community um yeah and this is insane. Like I've, I haven't, I was researching online. I haven't been able to find any, um, 
more detailed explanation about what this, you know, super offensive post was um, that warranted this. But what's crazy is that there was a report that was released um, about two days ago that said that some of these people involved in this conspiracy to commit murder had actually planned to kill a different dude over sharing a similar post. And they went to that guy's house to go murder him over the Facebook post that was, again, objectionable and hurting their religious sentiments in some ways, but they couldn't actually kill him because he happened to be in jail for some reason. Wow. And then what the hell? That was diverted, and then they ended up going to this guy. So there, like, like I said, now there are eight people who have been arrested in connection to this murder. And so this was like a network that was conspiring to go after people who were, you know, insulting the prophet in some way. It's crazy. Okay, look, look, go on. Oh, Jim Garland is saying the Sikh community really? Yes, what? they they committed they murder. Two- there were two lynchings in the span of one week, like you less should than two follow months us, ago. Jim. You should we cover these news, okay? Yes. Actually, like the Sikh community has committed more murder than the Muslim community in India in the past recent years, have haven't they? Uh well blasphemy like, related what? murder that I am familiar with. Bla- yes, last sorry, sorry. Blasphemy related murder, which is like amazing. Because there's a lot more Muslims in India, so I don't understand how the Sikh community has managed to achieve that. So that's a new record for I them. I mean, over you know, to be fair, like statistically, I don't know what it is over time. This is just like right. within the past year, recent, yeah, past yeah. year. Um, so we don't know, do we know if the person that was the victim of this murder were they like Hindu or what were they like atheist or? It's not clear to me. It wasn't really mentioned in any of the stories. Maybe people who are more familiar with the names, like Kishan Bolia, like would well, know. Well, we don't know. What kind there of... could be atheists. I mean, atheists could like well, atheists yeah, in India could have like, Hindu or Muslim backgrounds. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was about to say. They probably have a specific background. Um, oh, they were Hindu. Okay. Yeah. So okay, this is obviously. I'm... Yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried about uh, somebody else is saying he was Hindu. I'm worried about now, like retaliation, and then retaliation to that retaliation and stuff, stuff like that, right? Because if you know, I don't know, like if it was Hindu, like I'm, I'm wondering if a lot of Hindus are gonna watch this and gonna be like, this is why we need like a Hindu Hindu restaurant or whatever, like, like oh, we're gonna now go like go back, like they're gonna use this as an excuse to go back. Uh, I don't know. You know all the hate speech rallies yeah, that yeah, they yeah. have. And, yeah, so this is going to be fuel for that for that fire. It's going to be a very convenient um, political tool, and it, it's it's also important to note that this did happen in Jugrat, which is where in 2002, you know, there was the mass um, communal violence that took thousands of lives, primarily Muslim, and so it's an area that's known for. Um, you know, really kind of has the potential to be a tinderbox. Okay, so random Buddhist guy apparently saying our numbers are not correct. Is this like, is it, so you're saying how Sikh Sikh lynchings Muslim seven last year? Really seven? I don't know. Well, if if that's the case, I stand corrected, you know. Okay, yeah. Um, Yeah, if that's the case, then we didn't know. 
Seven, seven in one year? Okay, we don't know if that's true, guys. We'll, um, I'm yeah, was it specific? It yeah, I would actually, I'm very curious if it was specifically like blasphemy related, but, anyways, um, I think one thing that was also interesting to note when I was looking into this, um, was that, um, oh, blank name is saying I heard that he was an atheist or rationalist. Uh, okay, so we don't know, guys, we don't know. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So one thing that was interesting was that um, a portion, a very controversial part of law called the UAPA, which is um, ostensibly like an anti-terror law, but it's been used and enforced in many ways that are um, basically like it's been used against journalists. It's just been, it's been used against dissidents. So it's it's the UAPA is um, notorious for being misused to silence dissent and basically um, accuse people of sedition for just, you know, voicing their criticism or dissent from the government. Um, but the UAPA was actually invoked in this case. And I think, I was like, I think this might be one of the first like appropriate usages of this that I've heard so far. Um, because personally, I, I think considering this an act of terror, like isn't, um, I don't, I don't think that's entirely inappropriate. Um, there apparently there's been reports that they're going to be looking into That's the true. funding of all these people, and it was a conspiracy to commit murder for yeah. um, criticism of religion. That's insane. Like I consider mm. that a form of terrorism, certainly. Yeah, I mean it. It it is obviously because of the motivation is religious. By the way, like when we call something an act of terrorism, it's not because of how. Um, the gravity of it is because of the nature of the motivations, right? Like some people think if you don't call something an act of terror, mm. you're saying it wasn't that big of a deal, right? You could massacre like 50 people. And if it was over personal issues, it wouldn't be a terrorism. And you could like an attempt to kill one person and failing at it could have been an act of terror if, if the motivation was political or religious for some reason, right? So people think like definitely like not calling something not calling something an act of terror means that you're like saying it wasn't that big of a deal. The intensity of it is not what makes something an act of terror or not. It's the motivation, right? So this was obviously over religion. Uh, so this is an act of terror. That makes a lot of sense that for it to be an act of terror. Um, why? Like how? What was the distance between the first attempt at murdering the other guy who was in jail and this guy? Um how quickly it happened that wasn't clear based on the report that i read but okay, okay. it seemed it seemed like a short period of time okay so read this one kiki is saying kiki is saying the victim was a hindu who posted a less than 15 minute clip portraying the greatness of the hindu god krishna over jesus and muhammad he was from bjp I can't verify this. We're getting a lot of different stories about the yeah, background we're of this person. Because we're getting different information about In that. English-speaking media, I wasn't able to find consistent reporting about his background or what he posted. So I'm not going to make any claims about that. Regardless right, of what it was, I promise you it didn't warrant his murder. Yeah, no, but Drew the, Garland is she, saying, y'all don't know what you are talking about, in my opinion. All right, which is interesting, because Jim is the one that was just clueless about the fact that Sikhs had any uh, blasphemy lynchings. So the, the most clueless person in our live chat is telling us that we are, we don't know what we're talking about. That's amazing. The, the amount of hypocrisy. Is amazing. Well, Jim, I mean, it would also help if you could write a complete sentence. 
Yeah, like no, he can't. All right. It's amazing how the the dumbest people are usually the most confident ones. It's amazing how that works. Well, appropriately so, you know. Um, yeah. Oh, one thing before we move on that I do want to note is I think that our so when we are writing stories for our news or when we're putting them on the titles for our mainstreams, like we have to deal with character restrictions. And so I feel like the title that we had to choose to go on our website being Indian Muslim cleric kills man for hurting religious sentiments is slightly misleading because he didn't actually kill him himself. He just arranged for a murder. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Um, wait, I don't know. I don't know. Can you ask that again? So people could say that our title that we had to choose for the website uh, because we have a strict character limit is misleading because this cleric didn't actually kill this man himself. He just arranged for the murder. But I don't have enough characters when I'm picking a title to actually make a fully descriptive title. I mean, I mean, if I, I mean, he, if I order somebody, I don't know, if I'm the head of the mafia and go like make, make get go get take care of that guy, even if my I physically didn't do it. People will say you you kill like, you know, it's kind of like saying oh Stalin didn't kill anybody, I mean, it wasn't technically him that mm. was pulling the triggers. Like, well, we don't talk like that. Yeah, he did. Okay. I think so, sometimes my skepticism lead, leads me to be overly specific. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's a title. We can't put like an essay in the goddamn title. But Hindu mm. is saying the victim had a twenty days old daughter. Oh my god, is that true? Oh my that's god. Horrible. If true, that's heartbreaking. Yes. Overall, it's like really unfortunate and um yeah, this is this is not going to end well politically at all. And I just feel terrible for that person's family. I it drives me insane that people get murdered for this kind of stuff anywhere in the world. But it feels particularly unusual in India. <coughs> yeah. And then uh, and what's going to happen is now you know, these people are also going to make it very difficult for Muslims in India, right? Because there's going to be a lot more hatred now against Muslims as well in India. Muslims that had nothing to do with this. So there's that. Um, anyways. Yeah, guys, India. India is like short term is looking not looking good. Uh, you want to read this one before we go to the next one? Kiki is saying, at least in India, the um, I think ATS stands for Anti-Terrorism Squad. Um, the ATS will promptly jail people like this cleric. Had it been the Germany, the UK, or especially Sweden and Canada, everyone else would have been, everybody else would have been called Islamophobes. Okay. <laughs> As a Canadian, how do you take this, Armin? You're suggesting that they wouldn't promptly go to jail in Canada? Like they, they would be like, what are you? No, okay, no, Kiki. Okay, so yes, there are like baseless accusations of Islamophobia in these countries, but I'm pretty sure if an imam or anybody else was involved in murder in any of the countries that you mentioned, the police would not be like, well, well, we can't arrest this guy. He's a Muslim. What, what are you talking about, Kiki? They would get immediately arrested if it was proven that they were involved in a murder. Like, I don't know what world you live in, okay? Like, you're suggesting that that doesn't, like, at least in India, the, the ATS will promptly, will promptly jail people like the, this cleric. 
Like, so you think if this happened in Canada, the Canadian police would just let this man go? What are you talking about? So, you know, like you're saying they would be treated with kid gloves. Yeah, but you're suggesting, I don't know. Okay, any, they would get arrested though. You said at least in India, they got promptly arrested. I don't know what you mean. Like you're not defining what you mean. They would be treated with kid gloves. Like in general, in these countries, the jail situation is a lot more humane than other countries. So everybody gets treated better in jail in Canada than relative to these third world I think Kiki is referring to, you know, um, when there are people who are giving warning signs of violent radical extremism, not having the like ceases no, go after you're making it better. Okay, can. why are you making different it better. because this person already committed something? So. Yeah, you're making it you're making it better. You're making a better point. He's he, he's suggesting that in, like he said, at least in India, they got promptly arrested. I have news for you in Canada. When you commit murder, you get promptly arrested. Okay. I don't know what you thought happens in Canada. If you commit murder in Canada, you get promptly arrested. Okay? That's how it works. It doesn't matter if you're Muslim or not. All right. Um, all right. Can we um, at least clap for the next news? Yes, we can. Okay. <laughs> Secular rarity is so sweet. Saying, yeah, this first news wasn't good, but I'm here for the long haul. <laughs> okay. Yes, it gets better. It gets better. Okay. This one is actually, I think, very good. All right. Next news. Next news, after-school Satan Club sparks outrage. So nothing like some good old satanic panic. Okay. The Satanic Temple-affiliated program, the quote-unquote after-school Satan Club, has recently sparked a bit of satanic panic in the small town of Lebanon, Ohio. The pushback against the after-school Satan's Club occurred recently, even though the club has existed around the nation for years. In 2016, Satanic Temple's co-founder, Lucian Graves, an announced that they would create an alternative to the evangelical and fundamentalist Christian after-school club called the quote-unquote Good News Club, with plans to operate in any school where the Christian Good News Clubs meet. Parents were also outraged in uh, Moline, Illinois, after flyers about a Satan's club began circulating in the school. One parent expressed frustration online, asking, how is this even a thing? Who approved this? On January 20th, the city school district of Lebanon, Ohio, released a statement supporting the after-school Satan club in response to the concerned parents, stating, quote, the district does not and is not legally allowed to discriminate against any groups who wish to rent our facilities, including religiously affiliated groups. This is so great. I love it. You want religion in school? You want religion for children? Well, here's what you get. Here's what you get. <laughs> yes. So this I, taste of your own medicine. Huh, yeah. I love this story because um, they specifically said that, um, okay, so you public schools around the country are allowing this Christian good news, good news club to meet. Um, so anywhere where this club meets, you can file information. You can ask the satanic temple to go create their own club at that same school. So what happened at the school in Illinois and what happened at the school in Ohio 
is that there were parents who noticed that this good news club was distributing materials at their children's school. And so they informed the satanic temple and then they went through the process of application, uh, approval, all this stuff to, to get an alternative. So the whole idea for, from the TST or the satanic temple is to provide an alternative to children. And, um, I love it. Um, we can look at their um, website if we want because it's one of the cutest things I've ever seen. Yes, um, I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show that. But I, I want to like, what was that one parent was saying? Like, who approved this, right? Um, how, yeah. Assuming, How is this even a thing? Who approved this? Yes, but like, assuming she's like one of the I don't know Christian parents. I want. I, I wish I could respond to her like you did. You did. Like, yeah. when, why? Where were you when they were handing out like religious Christian pamphlets to children after schools and stuff? Right? Where you know you approved this, so here, the, here it is. Like, when you when you were pushing for religion for being pushed to kids, you thought that everybody would just go along with just it being that your religion, the religion that you approve. I also want to respond to this in the live chat. So blank's name, I don't know. I don't know if you're suggesting no religion in school. Like, I don't know if you guys understand the point of this. This is like the best. This is not like a serious religion. This is, I mean, this is legally it's a religion, but technically it's a way to come everywhere where religion is not supposed to be. This is the best force in the United States to go and use the satanic pa uh, panic as a way to be like, well, here we are, here's religion. You know what I mean? That's the entire point of this, right? To be because, fair, hmm. blank name may be referring to the Christian club. Yeah, yeah. But in case, like, I, I'm, I'm still going to use, uh, take advantage of his comment to make this point, okay? Because a lot of people are like, why are you guys approving religion in school, okay? This is like, we had other alternatives to make this point, like to show people how important secularism is. Um, like Christians also get re really pissed when when you all of a sudden have Islam, right? Uh, in school, like they're like, oh, we need to have religion for our kids, or in school, or in like government buildings, and then all of a sudden you have Islam there. People are like, okay, maybe not like that, right? So you're like, well, I mean, that's funny and all when they have that reaction when Islam is there, but we don't want Islam there either, <laughs> right? So I mean, Islam is like a serious religion, okay, like Christianity, okay. So we don't want to make the point for why secularism is important by spreading Islam, okay? And the other method was like the flying spaghetti monster and stuff like that. However, that, that one is too obvious of a joke for Christians to be like, like if you like start teaching kids about like, I don't know, the flying spaghetti monsters, they're not gonna get up, they're not gonna be like, oh no, keep religion out of schools. We don't want the flying spaghetti monster. They're gonna be like, what the hell is this, okay? But the satanic temple, that's how you do it. That's how you do it because we don't take it seriously as a religion, but they do. <laughs> okay, so they're like, "What? No, save the children!" And then all of a sudden, become secularists. They're like, you know, they they see the point in secularism, right? Um, and also, you want to read this comment? D is saying this organization is making a difference. I am proud to be a member. Great. Yeah, talking about the satanic temple. Um, blank name, you, I know, like, okay, so blank name is saying I was, I was talking about the Good News Club. I, I still wanted to use your comment as a way to make that point. So I I, I took it, you know, I, and I, if I misused it, I'm not sorry. Okay, but let me actually bring their website because Susanna prepared this for us to show before 
to see <laughs> education of Satan. So, oh my God. This, yeah. Oh, wait, where did it go? So this is what their, um, af their so part of the cute. website that's dedicated to the after school Satan club looks like. It's so cute. Wait, no, go up to the oh. top. Because I love their mascot. It's like a little cute, like goofy little Satan with a little scholar hat on, like graduation cap. Like he's got his fingers up. Like he looks so cute. And then I love educating with Satan. Remember, if you do uh, one finger, that's Islam. If you do two, that's Satanism, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Tawheed. This is Allah is one, okay? Mm -hmm. But this is the Satanic temple. Um, yeah, this I like the goat more. Like, you know, you, when you think like a Satanism and you think about like the goat is always something very serious and something very ominous, you know, and like like looking something like creepy, right? Like when you see like the goat symbol in, in anything satanic related, like in movies or in like I don't know, there's always something like mysterious and dark. But look at this goat in the state, and they have the satanic logo here. It is so adorable. <laughs> And well, I want the graduate, the graduate thing in his head. <laughs> yeah, it. he's he's a, he's a scholar. Um, <laughs> um so, we're enjoying this more than the kids, but you're going. I know, right? I so when yeah. we during Christmas time we talked about how in um some midwestern state, I can't remember which one, there was a display in the Capitol building's rotunda for um it was like baby Jesus, except it was baby Satan. And I remember how you didn't like their baby Satan because it looked like a gross little, like just straight out of the womb goat fetus. And you're like, no, like this should be cute because this is actually appealing to kids. This would actually like trigger conservatives more which is the the purpose of what the satanic temple does is to be provocateurs and th that would actually upset them more because it would be such a more obvious ploy to get children interested which is the whole like focus around satanic panic is this um over uh, fixation or like a n not so reality based fixation on protection of children. Cause of course we all care about the protection of children, obviously. Um, but you know, uh, that's kind of one of the ways to, like the soft white underbelly of conservative propaganda is save the family, save the children, which is their cover for a lot of the other restrictive policies that we don't like or, um, bad teachings that we don't like. And um, I, I thought that this was a perfect example of what Armin was talking about. Like, this is what we want. This is what we're talking about. Um, I also really like what they say. So it says, after school Satan Club mission, proselytization is not our goal. We're not interested in converting children to Satanism. The after school Satan Clubs will focus on free inquiry and rationalism, the scientific basis for which we know what we know about the world around us. We prefer to give... Um, children an appreciation of the natural wonders surrounding them, not a fear of everlasting otherworldly horrors, which I okay, thought was beautifully wow. put. This is so great. I'm so in favor of all of this. And also, this it's also very clear at the top that this is a, in reaction to the Good News Club, right? Like, this is not about, like, 
anybody can see this is not about like promoting a religion. This is actually promoting like science and appreciation for, you know, nature and stuff like that. But it just gets a satanic branding just to get these Christians worked, you know, understand, you know, an understanding that if you want religious privilege, then you have to accept religious privilege for anything that could legally be identified as religion, right? This is like, you know, it has all the brandings of religion without all the, without actually being religion. It's, this is promoting science and this is fantastic. It's, it's, it's like fighting for secularism while also not, you know, trying to convert kids into like, like promote any form of religion because the kids could be confused. The kids don't understand the difference between religion and an active fight against religious, you know, in, spreading you know challenging secularism so they're not like going to the kids and be like hey become satanist and that's not what they're doing this is fantastic like there's no there's no reason why not to support this well at least like right, right now i don't know mm -hmm. i don't know what's happening in the future what i think is hilarious so this is um this is a quote i have to read Patty Garbery, no, uh, Gary Bay, founder and executive director of American Heritage Girls, a Christian alternative to the Girl Scouts, told Fox News Digital in an email, quote, at a time when youth are experiencing a mental health pandemic, it is outrageous that a school district would allow a club based on the master of confusion. <laughs> it's like, this is amazing. <laughs> It's very unfair, by the way, to Lucifer to call him the master of confusion. Okay, like just look at the record. Okay, like God said, this apple will kill you. Okay, this is bring you death. And Satan was like, it's not, not, not true. In fact, if you eat that, knowledge is going to make you look like gods, right? And look what happened. Look what happened to the human race through knowledge like they're becoming like and they didn't die and they have progressed because of knowledge so who was the who was the confusing like if you want to justify what, what god was saying is true that would become more confusing the satan is satan was like nah -uh, and he was the the more clear yeah anyway so yeah um yeah. I think I want to read one more quote. So for the school okay. in Illinois that was having a similar backlash, um, the, what was, let me, her position, the superintendent of the school system said in an online note to parents that the flyers aren't distributed to students. They're just placed in the lobby. And then she made some other points in her memo. And there's one that I think is very good um, or two. Um, the district approves facility use agreements with local churches um, the Board of Education Policy allows for community use of our facilities. Since we have allowed religious entities to rent our facilities after school hours, we are not permitted to discriminate against different religious viewpoints. And finally, to illegally deny their organization slash viewpoint to pay rent to a publicly funded institution after school hours subjects the district to a discrimination lawsuit, which we will not win, likely taking thousands upon thousands of taxpayer dollars away from our teachers, staff, and classrooms. I was like... <laughs> You know, great. Um, a lot of these people are going to continue to freak out regardless, but I think at least they can be like, okay, well, we don't want to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. Did we did we read that part? It said, can yeah. we hear the quote from Lucian at the end of the article? Um, are you? Oh, wait, just a second. Let me pull it up. 
it's it's really good um sorry one moment oh my god freaking pop -ups. all right i'm gonna read this one while you do that aj is saying this yeah, works very it. well in florida okay well done. i'm reading aj is saying this worked very well in florida when a christian group wanted an after-school group uh in order to stop the satanic temple i think that's what it is the satanic temple from starting their group the christian group withdrew their application yes they withdrew okay that's see it works guys it works you want christianity in school you have to get this as well all right Suze? oh all right so i'm gonna read so you're still doing that so i'm gonna read this d is saying but allah is the best deceiver this refers to uh, the quranic verse that actually calls Allah the best deceiver. And Allah brags about being the best deceiver in the Quran, which is like, you would think like whoever says that Allah is the best deceiver, you would think that it would be like some anti-Islamic, I don't know, Christian parents who were like, oh, Allah is like the devil. He's the deceiver, deceiver. But no, this is actually what Islam says about Allah. Yeah. All oh, right. D is mentioning that I actually already read that quote. And Kahlo oh, is saying, don't think Aziz worship Satan? No, what they no. worship just is a word that sounds the same. This is ISIS propaganda. What are you talking it about? It actually <laughs> is. It actually I mean, not, is. Yes. Not that there's anything wrong with like worshiping, I mean, not really worshiping Satan, but the way like symbolically, the way Satanic Temple does it, right? That's actually, yeah. What are the actual people who actually think Satan is real and they worship him? They call, they're not called uh, Satanists. They call it it's else. the Church of Satan. The Church of Satan. Okay, so the the Satanic Temple is the one that is atheistic, the one that doesn't actually believe in Satan. So that is the Satanic Temple. If it has temple in the name, that's the approved version of it. That's the one that is using it symbolically, and these people actually don't believe in Satan. But the Church of Satan are the loons who actually believe that Satan is real and worthy of worship. That is like so. Church of Satan. If it has church in it, no. If it has temple in it, yes. Okay. <laughs> What's interesting oh, is the Church of Satan was actually like founded in San Francisco, I believe. Yeah, I have their. I have their. Oh yes, I was trying to remember his name, Anton Levey. That's right. So what do you think of the satanic bible they have different tenets than the satanic temple like we're both very on board with the satanic temple's tenets which are fantastic what do well, you I mean, think of the satanic is, bible i mean it's more it's very like i'm not if you're into like symbolism and like talking about magic and stuff read it but most of most of it i just i just symbolically i enjoy it more than I don't think it's worth the time actually going through it. I mean, if you're into that, you're into that. But like, given that it's not serious, I don't think I, I just like to I just prefer them doing the thing and then everybody benefit from it more than getting too much involved with it. Right. There's nothing. I mean, it's better than the Bible, <laughs> the Christian Bible, but there's nothing very like. There's no, there's no yeah, there's nothing very anyways, I don't want to diss them after everything we do but anyway if you're into that if you're into that you know then it might be interesting i just don't have the time for it anyways let's move on um can okay. we can we clap for the next news 
Um, yes, because this is crazy. And then actually, in the end, it turns out okay. Well, okay. It we're clapping because it turns out okay at the end, right? All right. Yes. So just keep it. Moving. Next news. Next news. Australian school requires family to denounce homosexuality. This is crazy. In Australia, on January 28th, uh, City Point Christian College in Brisbane, Australia, received complaints due to enrollment contracts that openly criticize homosexuality and impose conservative religious views. The school is asking students' parents to sign a statement that lists moral acts such as incest, bestiality, uh, pedophilia. I think we all know what I'm saying. Uh, we're just saying that because of the YouTube algorithm. Uh, homosexuality and bisexuality as sins offensive to God and therefore against the school's values. The school also declared that they will accept admissions based on um, children's gender corresponding to their biological sex. Uh, an online petition against the school's transphobic and homophobic rules has received 141,000 signatures um, so far, or at the time of writing. Pastor Brian uh, Mulherin, principal of the college, sent an email to all the parents in response to the criticism, stating that the rules are established to, quote, ensure that we retain our Christian ethos, which is the foundation of which has made the college what it is today. A group of parents decided to take their complaint to the Human Rights Commission. So, Susanna, as a bisexual yourself, how do you feel you bisexuality being put next to bestiality and incest. <laughs> well obviously <laughs> that's not great but frankly i spent a lot of time today i'm not even kidding thinking about because they talk about bisexual acts i'm like what is a bisexual act you either have a heterosexual act or a homosexual act but what is a bisexual act like Threesome? are you involved with the two it's, at the same time yeah, like what's going on here the only way you could do a bisexual act is that if you're like doing an orgy or a threesome. Mm -hmm. I yeah, never mind. <laughs> I was gonna ask like, shouldn't you be telling us how to do a bisexual? <laughs> act? <laughs> um, um, okay, but a lot of people in the live chat are surprised that this could happen in Australia. Oh yeah, see, people are agreeing with me. A threesome, a threesome. It's the Damn, only so solution. But I've Looks never heard it said as a bisexual act before. That was just hilarious <laughs> to me. <laughs> the bisexual. Like, actually, that means that, hey, wait, that means that a lot of bisexuals have never committed a bisexual act. Exactly. Okay, then you're failing at being bisexual. <laughs> how could you? <laughs> like, how? <laughs> Like I'm a bisexual and I've never done a bisexual act. I've done homosexual acts or heterosexual acts, but never a bisexual one. Damn, damn. You have to like exactly. break the bisexual. Yeah, you're a bisexual virgin. Anyways, oh Mustafa has. See? All right. Um okay. People okay, so what was I saying? I totally forgot. Uh yeah, people were surprised that this is happening in Australia. Like this could happen, like something like this. It, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm actually a bit surprised as well. Like, did this person came, like apparently? Okay, so people are saying that the principal either resigned 
or AJ is giving us the other version of it, like saying the, the principal has since taken an extended leave. So Australia is a place, at least, where stuff like this would get you in trouble. So that's a good it thing. It received a huge backlash. So they have since revoked that portion of their enrol enrollment requirements. Um, so that's a good thing. And yeah, it, it, it's been a huge, huge, huge backlash. Like people are like, are you freaking kidding me? Like they were legal actions that might still be taken against them. It's become a very big deal. Um, the backdrop of this is that in Australia, there's a lot of controversy and going back and forth about this anti-discrimination law or um, proposed law and the verbiage surrounding it. So it, when you first hear about this, it sounds like it's a law that's supposed to be to protect people against discrimination on the basis of being LGBTQ. But then you like unpack it and you realize that this is actually an anti-discrimination law because it's to protect religious people from being discriminated against because of their views, bigoted wow. views towards anti-LGBT people. And to wow. be completely honest, we, I haven't covered this on the news so far because the complications of this law and the implications is something that I don't really understand. Um, and it's a little complicated. Um, and then the way that the different parties are going back and forth on it. Um, so that's why we haven't covered it here. And I can't really like get into detail explaining what it is at this point. But that is the general backdrop that's happening. And um, I'm sure like the Australians in the chat could explain that a little bit better than I can. Um, but this has caused a lot of controversy because the current prime minister, correct me if I'm wrong, Aussies, um, Scott Morrison, he is actually in support of like the um, uh, like the church biased side of this proposed bill. And so this incident at this college, which is a K through 12 school, um, highlighted to a lot of people, the dangers of what this kind of legislation could look like in practice, where they're saying they're being, they're allowed to openly discriminate. And the school tried to clarify that actually well, okay, they are they would be mandating that children wear uniforms according to their biological sex and you are but you're welcome to be trans or you're welcome to be gay at their school. Basically, your family just has to agree that it's immoral, a sin incomparable to bestiality. And you you're, you're like allowed to be trans at their school. You just have to wear a uniform according to your biological sex. It, other if you're not, that that is a condition of enrollment. And, um, and it could be grounds for, you know, maybe expulsion or something. However, this actually, this particularly the, the uniform issue with the transgender students, um, I think might actually be illegal. Um, in, I don't know about, uh, in Australia nationally, but maybe just within that province. Um, so there are aspects of this that would have possibly run afoul of the law either way. Um, but because of the huge backlash, um, a lot of this has been revoked, but it's not, people are still not like standing for it at all. Yeah. Oh, Kiki okay. saying, yes, Scott Morrison is Christian and pro-Christian very much. So, um, I think, oh, secular rarity saying, I heard the current prime minister, prime minister, Scott Morrison is a dick. <laughs> Just passing along the info. <laughs> I have heard Thank that as you. well. Thank you for passing it on. Um, um, 
Wait, there okay. was one thing. Yeah, so here's part of the statement of faith section of the City Point College enrollment contracts. It states that, quote, we believe that God intends a sexual intimacy to only occur between a man and woman who are married to each other. Continuing, we believe that any form of sexual immorality, including but not limited to adultery, fornication, homosexual acts, bisexual acts, bestiality, incest, pedophilia, and um, adult films is sinful and offensive to God and is destructive to human relationships and society. And we believe that God created human beings as male or female. Um, and uh, I think that this, so the principle, this is, this is the kind of rhetoric that comes from Christians that makes me so freaking angry. Just listen to this. So this is the principle, like I said. We have always held Christian beliefs and we have tried to be fair and transparent to everyone in our community by making them clear in the enrollment contract. We are seeking to maintain our Christian ethos and give students and parents a right to make an informed decision about whether they can support and embrace our approach to Christian education. And then this is what really pisses me off. We believe each individual is created in the image of God with dignity and worth equal to every other person. We unequivocally love and respect all people, regardless of their lifestyles and choices, even if those choices are different from our beliefs and practices. Like, <laughs> this triggers me so much. I don't know. What's your reaction to that? There's no hate like Christian love. That's what they say, right? um yeah it's just like it's so amazing how people could be so bigoted and so discriminatory and act like they're being loving at the same time nobody does that better than christians and it's so annoying it's so fucking annoying like the the contrast between how hateful they act and how proud they are of being actually loving <laughs> and thinking like they're better than everybody and it's, it's so moral. fake it's, it's so, so saccharine so, so inauthentic yeah. it's like, <laughs> you, we know what you think like who are you kidding this whole mm. like oh hate the sin love the sinner it's it's bullshit and it's so um it's so gross johnny mayer is saying it's condescension wrapped in fakeness or inauthenticity yeah it's so true one thing i will say Say that I agree with this present pre principle on is when he's saying that we believe that you know students and parents should be able to make an informed decision about enrolling their kids here. Well, I actually agree with him on that. There are tons of students and parents who are now like, actually, we don't want our kids to go here. This isn't cool. We don't like this. So a lot of people are going to be making informed decisions about the attitudes and teachings of this school because of this incident. So that that All is right. one thing we will agree on yeah um yes on twitch we have to highlight twitch comments because you know we want to highlight the fact that we are also live on twitch link in the description uh devout atheist sean is saying i'm glad that non-religious is the fastest growing demographic in the usa yes and everywhere else apparently all right can we clap for the next news no unfortunately no okay next news Next news, Iran executes two men on sodomy charges. On uh, January 30th, Iran executed two men, Mehrdad Karimpur and Fari Mohammadi, after finding them guilty of charges related to homosexuality. 
The two were charged with, quote-unquote, sodomy by force, a term used by the Islamic Republic to describe homosexual uh, R-A-P-E. I have to spell it because of YouTube. Some argue that the two were wrongfully convicted. On January 2021, two other men were executed for homosexuality-related charges, also from uh, Mahadeh prison. According to the Human Rights Activist News Agency, Iran has executed at least 12 prisoners on alleged sodomy by force charges in 2020. At least, at least 16 were executed for similar charges in 2019 and uh, 23 in 2018. Under Iran's harsh laws, crimes such as sodomy, RAPE, adultery, armed robbery, and murder are punishable by death. Javid uh, Rahman, the UN's independent investigator on human rights in Iran, report, reported in October 2021 that Iran has been implementing death penalties at an alarming rate. I don't even know what to add to this. This is just so horrible. Like when we have new, other news, when we complain about like issues and then all of a sudden we get something like, like we talk about discrimination against gays, you know, in schools. And then we're talking about, I don't know, secularism being challenged maybe in the United States. And all of a sudden we get to something like this in Iran. And then it's just like a whole other level. Like this is like the fact that this is still happening. It's unbelievable. By the way, <clears throat> I think the of the recorded numbers of how many uh, gays have been executed in Iran um, since the Islamic Revolution, uh, around 40 years ago, 43, I think now, um, is more than 3,000. But that's only the numbers that has been managed to be recorded. The actual numbers are <clears throat> probably higher. But like it's still going. Like this is not something like you. Assume, a lot of people assume that that was like early, early years in the revolution. Like I don't know, like the nineteen eighties. But then, but no. Like these people are just like still just going out and executing people for victimless crimes. Apparently, still going on. You would think. Well, like, yeah. What I find interesting is that their charge was sodomy by force meaning that this was act but the charge is that it wasn't consensual but mm. in your i don't know how much you're familiar with this but is this accusation that it was involuntary that it was not consensual used against people who are actually were engaged in yeah. something consensual so yeah we, okay so we don't know okay here's the thing even if this was non-consensual execution is like should be off the table and by the way just another reminder that and iran has executed a lot of people a lot of gay couples with like charges that has nothing so for example so two things right iran is per capita i mean total number wise i think iran is the only number two when it comes to executions only after china which is unbelievable because the population of iran is like ranked it's not like China Frank ranks number one, Iran ranks like 17 or 18 or something like that, right? So the fact that Iran is number two in total executions, it's unbelievable, right? So I think on a per capita basis, Iran is like number one in executions, right? In, in the whole world, right? So, but also the, I don't, like you could never trust the accusations here because like a lot of people like in Iran, for example, get, executed for being spies or 
waging war against God over like minor things sometimes over just like being anti-government or saying something that they shouldn't have, right? So they could just put anything in the paper. And I think for making this more internationally acceptable, they could always execute people. Like they could always like, like what was the official thing that they said when it comes to the consent part? Well, the charge, they were charged with sodomy by force. Sodomy by force. What does that, are they actually, okay. It's, yeah, it's a way they, of saying homosexual RAPE. RAPE. Yes. Yeah, so, so here's the thing. The, the penalty for it, even if it was not by force, will still be death. So that's how it works. But we're against, I mean, I don't want to. If it is true that this was not consensual, then obviously I don't want this to be compared to because most gay relationships are not like that, right? So I don't want this to be if we're if we're saying that they shouldn't have been executed, we're not like putting them in the same as group as all other gay relationships. Like that's not what I'm trying to do here. It's just that we're against executions. Period. Um, this was suggested to you by Music Guy. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so Music Guy saying it's common that they throw RAPE accusations to make it justified to the citizens. Well, it's not just about these accusations they, that they throw in. It's like with all... We have seen them adding stuff to the charges for all forms of executions. It's not just like when it comes to, it's not just the sodomy accusations that they might be adding to it. Like, I don't know much about, like, this is not the area that we have, we have been involved in covering the leaked information out of Iran. The area that we have been, we have, I have had more experience in like talking about and covering when it comes to news coming out of Iran is the political side of it. And we know based on that, that they do add a whole bunch of accusations to a charge to justify an execution like that. We know that they do. Okay. But that by itself doesn't prove that they have done so here. Okay. This could legit have been a non-consensual um, case. Right. But, but we, but we don't know because we can't trust the Islamic Republic of Iran. And they do have a record of adding to the accusation, baseless accusation, adding baseless accusation to something that already has happened. Like, you, you know, in, in situations where something is punishable by death, but people, but they know that internationally it will not look good if they go carry out with the executions. There has been cases where the executions haven't gone through, right? So if they really want an execution to go through, they would have to add stuff that didn't happen, right? Like, yeah, I don't want to give examples. Wait, hold on. Um, like Navid. Afkari. Afkari, yes. Navid Afkari, right? Like, he, he, he was part of the Alban protest, right? But they added a murder to his accusations, even though it was clear based on the evidence that that didn't happen, right? So, like... And they had no evidence for the murder accusation. So we do know that they just like randomly add stuff to them to their case just to be able to kill somebody. But yeah, do you want to read anything else? 
Oh, no, I wanted to make a quick correction. When I was saying that, um, according to the Human Rights News Agency, like they've um, executed like so many so prisoners on um, sodomy by force charges in 2020 and then years prior, like 2019, 20, I, it, I, um, made a mistake. It was actually just on alleged RAPE charges, not specifically sodomy by force. Um, Gossam is is what I say accurate? Like, I want Gossam to confirm what I'm saying as well. Um, do you want to highlight some of the starred comments? Um, let's see what we got here. Um, Kiki is saying, if Iran must execute people for sodomy, why not start with the clerics? I'm sure... Oh no! Wait, no! Don't read oh, that one. No, no why no, did I like that? I don't know because I didn't think Kiki would say something like that, and we were tagged. Kiki, what are you doing? Can, can you please not promote violence here? Where, like, yeah, like, please don't. I don't know. Like, I don't know why I highlighted that. That's good. Get that sense. YouTube. We don't endorse any form of violence against any group of people. Okay. So, Jesus Christ. Sorry, I shouldn't. I didn't know Kiki was saying something like that. Sorry, I shouldn't have started. That's okay. Um, Rudresh is saying um i think saudi saudi arabia is ahead per capita in terms of executions I think saudi arabia so. is ahead in per capita iran is ahead in absolute numbers no i don't think so am i wrong about this i think iran is ahead of every country per capita executions per capita i think iran is way ahead of saudi oh my god i can't spell I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Iran is yeah, I have to look this up, but I'm pretty sure Iran is a head per capita. Execution per capita by country. Wait, am I wrong about this? Um I'm sorry. Do you want to read some of these things while I read when I while I check this out? Well, which country has a higher population? Well, no, we're, we're talking per capita, so that wouldn't matter. Well, well no, Iran, I'm also just curious. Well, Iran, Iran has a lot more bigger population. So total number-wise, we agree. Wow, you're right. Maybe Iran is ahead. Jesus, I didn't know that. No, I'm sorry. Saudi Arabia seems to be ahead. Well, this is based on 27 numbers. Data what do you mean 27, 27 numbers? 2007, sorry. Oh, 2007? Yeah, no, we've had much more updated information since then. I remember in 2020, Amnesty International released um, good new statistics about this kind of thing. And from that, I remember Iran being number one. Yeah. Public um... Yeah, I'm, I, okay, so I have conflicting information. I'm seeing Iran in some, and then Saudi Arabia as a head in some others. Countries number Iran is twenty. Okay, no, it's Iran. Nope, it's Iran. Twenty countries with the most confirmed executions. Okay, I have two thousand nineteen numbers, and it's Iran. Wow. Yeah, Iran take. Yeah, so that's okay. I'm getting con contradictory information based on different sources, but I think it's Iran. You know, I don't believe the numbers that come out of China, though. I mean, even if you don't believe them, based on their own, based on the records that we have, they're number one in total numbers. So if you just add to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
But since I, I knew we were at the top, yay, we're number. No, no, no. Um, okay. no, bueno. no, sorry. All right. So I'm not, I'm not so sure anymore. I have to look into this, but I think we had Amnesty International reports that showed Iran was number one, like recently, like just that two years ago that we had numbers that showed Iran was number one per capita. Anyway, that's what any I other comments? Yeah, that's what I remember. As well. It could be misremembering. Yeah. Anything you want to highlight in the comments before we go to the next news? Um, nope. Um, okay, I'm not going to read that one. That's... All right. Can we clap for the next news? Um, you know, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. How about like unenthusiastic? You just made me laugh. <laughs> next news. Next me. news. Eh. Um, eh. Hindu holy men demand that India be declared a Hindu nation. On January 29th, a, ga a gathering of sadhus or holy people or kind of saints in Hinduism passed a resolution that called for the Indian government and the state government of U U Uttar Pradesh to declare India a quote-unquote Hindu Rastra or Hindu nation. The group also demanded the release of the recently arrested militant hate leaders Yati Narsinghanand Saraswati and Wasim Rizvi, who uh, changed his name to something long that was Tiagi. Narsinghanand was arrested earlier this year on multiple charges, including inciting violence, specifically against Muslims. Along with him, Wasim Rizvi is on, also at the forefront of the extreme right-wing movements in places like Uttar Pradesh. Uh, Nahrendra Anand Giri, who organized the gathering of the sadhus, also implied the threat of a possible bombing if their demands are not met. The group plans to force the current administration to adopt their call to turn India into a Hindu state by influencing Hindus across the country to start writing and terming the country a Hindu Rastra. So this was wild. There's so many different aspects of this story that I have to get into. I don't even know where to begin. So this was happening at a meeting um, it has a specific name, but it's like a meeting that happens at a festival and they apparently are like passing resolutions. And so I'll just take this one at a time. So first of all, they wanted India to be declared a, a Hindu Rashtra. So this partially um, is something they want to be done officially. But then they also have this plan where they are going to... <laughs> In, they, they're going to, you know, do this from the ground up, you know, whether the government officially does this, they are going to force the government to do this because they are going to influence Hindus or Indians to just, instead of writing India, they will just be automatically writing Hindu Rashtra or when referring to India, they will just say Hindu Rashtra. So you know, the idea is that the government will be forced to recognize India as a Hindu Rashtra just because that's how everyone talks about it, Right. So that's one thing. Two, they are demanding the release from jail of these two um, people who are, were arrested for inciting uh, calls for genocide against Muslims uh, within the past three months. And they implied 
that they would so they that they would follow um oh wait this is a cute comment forever stormy saying look at susanna pronouncing narsingan's name like a total pro she makes so much effort and he owes her thank you oh thanks that's like <laughs> one of the only things they can say relatively correctly but <laughs> this is absolutely crazy armin so do you know who bhagat singh is no you're probably familiar with him. So if you're around Indian atheists, they will oftentimes tell you, read I am oh. an atheist, why I am an atheist by Bhagat Singh. Wait, is that the guy who died on March 23rd? Yes, I think so. Oh. He's often pictured wearing like a little slanty hat. He's young. He has like a little yes. mustache. So he was a revolutionary when India was fighting for its independence. Yes. He was a socialist. He was an atheist. And... Um, I keep he, tell, some people. Some people keep some. Now I remember who this. I, I remember this picture. People keep telling like sometimes we, we are told by some atheist Indians to celebrate him, and then we do, and then some other Indian atheists like, no, not this guy. He was a radical. He was like violent. He was a like, radical. Oh. He okay. Did so some we don't know what things that like, I okay, do not support and killed the okay. wrong people. Not that there's like oh the right God. people, but like he didn't even do what he was trying to do, which was very violent. Correctly. Anyways, right. so then he was executed for his role in the revolution, and he's um, still very celebrated, even though he is um, controversial for those reasons. So um, at this meeting, um, the the someone said, let me uh, see who it was specifically. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, Nehrendra Anand Giri, who is one of the um, people who put on this meeting, um, then drew a bizarre parallel between the gathered sadhus and the revolutionary freedom fighter Bhagat Singh, who bombed the Central Legislative Assembly in Delhi in 20, uh, 1929 in protest against British law. Quote, if the government delays their release, meaning the release of um, uh, Tiagi and uh, uh, Nursing Anand, um, if the government del delays their release, there, there may be an incident like the bombing of the assembly for we are ready to become Bhagat Singh. Wow. And then when reminded that Bhagat Singh was an atheist. Wait, but that's our radical. You can't take our radicals. You're no, the, wait, <laughs> when reminded that Bhagat Singh was an atheist and a socialist on the opposite side of the political spectrum from the Hindu Rastra advocates, Giri said, quote, I don't know anything other than that India was partitioned on the basis of religion and that we are already a Hindu Rastra. Okay. This is okay, crazy. So, that's insane. All right, so people, Bobo is pointing out that he started as a communist anarchist and then became less radical later. And also, um, Bengali Hindu is also saying he killed a police officer, but later he condemned violence. I mean... Yeah, he, he killed the wrong person, too. Okay, maybe like I don't know how much for like okay, I don't know how forgiveness works. Okay, maybe I need to go, I need to ask a Christian. Um, <laughs> but I don't think, con yeah, I mean, I'm not comfortable supporting somebody who killed a police officer, so maybe I'll, I'll okay, I don't know, but at the same time, people could change. But I don't know if like if you commit murder, like how much I don't know how 
AK, yeah, I don't know. All right, so I don't know whether or not we want to be supportive of this guy. Well, right. yeah, okay. I really yeah. oppose uh, violent radicalism. Um, yeah, it, but, but this, somebody yeah, this is a whole different subject. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Right, um, so, uh, you highlighted. Yeah, go on. Yeah, so there's other stuff I want to get into in terms of go this on. story because it is crazy. So they also want the Modi government. At the federal government, and then Yogi Adinath at the state government in Uttar Pradesh to ban the use of the words minority and majority, which is crazy. I was, I sent, Bulbul sent this to me, and I just replied, like, so we're just banning adjectives now? We're just banning adjectives now. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> like, this is just descriptors of groups. Inherently, one has to be the majority. One is going to be the minority. God damn it. Um, then um, I'd just like to emphasize how radical this is. They basically started advocating for the approach of China. Wait, let me find. Whoa. Yeah, no, it gets crazy. Guys, let me find the exact is, quote. How big of a deal are these people? This is pretty prominent. These um, mm. are, there was a lot of different groups that seemed to be part of this larger gathering, but um, one of them was the uh, Dharma Sansand, which is the groups that were responsible for these massive hate rallies that happened in December. So it's- Do you it's, think it's all of this is going to lead, like, I feel like, like, we're like, okay, I, I don't know, people see trends where trends don't exist, okay? But based on my flawed, like, trend detector brain, right? Detecting brain. If I, I know I can't be relying on this, but I, I feel like something bad, really bad is about to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, all of these incitements, like, I feel like we, something huge. Again, I'm hoping that I'm wrong about this. But this is all, you know, I mean, if you look at history, which, again, this is not a reliable data analysis, you know, way because, you know, things are different. Like, just because things worked out in one way in history, it doesn't mean it's going to repeat itself. But we've we've seen how, what this kind of language gets to, right? And I just feel, I just feel like if, when, if something really bad happens in India, like something really, really disastrous, a lot of us are going to be like, yeah, I guess, like, it's not surprising. You know what I mean? Like, th there was a lot of buildup to this. I mean, at least we had, like, I mean, I know I can't rely on my, you know, our brain when it comes to seeing trends because we see trends where it doesn't exist, right? And history is not like a mathematical science that you could rely on just to be able to predict what's about to happen. But we had that genocide expert also warning like we had experts like telling me like this doesn't look good, right? So, anyways, like I'm just saying, like this is like this is really worrying. Like if if all this con all this talk, you know, some people were comparing it to like I mean, we've seen this in Germany. Like this is exactly the kind of language, the kind of things that built up to that. This is like 1930s Germany, and we know what happened after that. You know what I mean? But again, I'm not saying just because it happened. Like, I don't want to do the slippery slope fallacy. So I'm like giving you a lot of like, you know, this could be wrong. But again, it is, it is, it is worrying. Yeah. But go on. You want it's to definitely worrying. I actually like, 
worry about the safety of my Muslim and ex-Muslim friends in India. I like try to check up on them and like ask like, how are you feeling? Do you feel safe? Like, because at the same time, I'm also very aware that because um, I so frequently get the worst news directly delivered straight to my inbox, that my perspective on, you know, how big the threat of just any like Muslim is in, it, in their day-to-day -day life, it, it might be, um, I might, what I might think it is might actually be very disproportionate to what it actually is. And I know for a fact that it is very highly variable on your location. Um, but some of the other things that were talked about in this meeting, I have to talk about. So the sadhus or the saints also said that quote unquote, patriotic Muslims were part of the family and a decision to intensify their homecoming campaign would continue. So what they're referring to is conversion, quote unquote, back to Hinduism. So Gwarapsi, meaning homecoming. So they're saying, oh, well, the patriotic ones are the ones that will become Hindu, basically. Um, and then there was another quote saying, quote, Islamic Jihad is a big threat to humanity and the world. To crush it, the policy of China will have to be adopted and it can be stopped by imposing sanctions as China has done. So in the quotes that I've seen, it's not entirely clear what he's referring to. But this sounds to me like they're referring to what's happening to the Uyghurs. People, like, tell me if you think I'm out of pocket. But I don't know how else to interpret that. Um, and um, there was another crazy quote. Well, you have a lot of live chat comments. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They also basically said that conversion should be treated, meaning conversion from Hinduism to any other religion, because it's totally fine. It should be encouraged and intensified if it's converting back to Hinduism. But conversion should be considered as treason and wow. therefore punishable by death. Oh, my God. What the hell? This is Sharia. Yes. Yes. <laughs> This like the fact that they're comparing it to treason. Are they like are they reading hadith? Like this is like what the hell is happening? Um, like do they not see that they're becoming the the thing they hate the most? They're ex they're acting exactly like that. Like what is wrong with you guys? Do you not see how? And then they get upset when we compare them to ISIS. Right, and they go burn down a former minister's home. Yeah, because they were crazy. compared to ISIS. And the, let's read some. Yeah, yeah, let's read the highlighted comments. Um, yep. <laughs> wait, bubble is so funny. Saying Islam is a threat, so let's implode Sharia. Lovely. <laughs> no, guys, like you don't understand, but like the language, it's not just like they're like advocating for violence. It's just that, like, if you're familiar with the way Islam talks about this, what they're saying is like. Are you sure we're talking about Hindus? <laughs> like, I'm not saying like only Muslims are capable, like only Islam is capable of promoting violence. I'm just saying the way that they're talking about the justification for violence, it just sounds a lot like the way Islam does it. It's, you know, so it's it's not just the violence, it's just the the branding of it that seems like also like very similar. It just seems like they're copying, you know what I mean? I don't know. Anyways, mm -hmm. let's go to the star. 
So this is the final thing that I wanted to bring up. Bobo is saying they also wanted the government to declare Subesh Chandra Bose as India's first prime minister instead of the secular uh, Bawaharal Nehru. Literal revisionist history. Yes. So they want to change who is considered the prime minister, the first prime minister Whoa. of India. Literally. And who they want to change it to is this guy who is celebrated for being an incredible fighter in India's fight for independence. But what is a major problem, uh, ethical problem with his legacy is that he openly supported the Axis powers. He worked very closely with them and he worked with Adolf and was fully aware of what was happening to the Jewish people. Like, and like wow. big fan of fascist Japan, like not a. This is why Mein Kampf is such a top seller in India. Um, it is a bestseller in India. Yeah. What I think um, is so interesting, though, is that revisionist history or an open efforts for history revisionism is something that is so characteristic of fascists. Yes. You see it time yes. and time again across movies. You're right. You're right. Why do fascists always act like each other? It's so even if they're not talking to each other, they always sound like each other. Whether whether it's Islamic fascists, um, Hindu fascists, or white nationalists, you know, fascists, they don't communicate with each other, and they always end up acting exactly the same. Well, not exactly, but. It's yeah, so, no, so it, like just way too blatant similarities. It's like very, it seems to be part of the like personality traits or um, uh, temperament, like that just kind of always is very consistent. Atheist on YouTube is saying they want Hindu Rashtra, total Hindu nation, lol. They have to um, point if Pakistan can be Islamic Republic, then India can be Hindu Rashtra, but it's not a good idea. Yeah. It's not a good idea. I don't know why you would want to follow the model of Pakistan. Yeah, so Katie was confirming that I was correct about the date, but yeah, this one, yeah. Um, Rudresh is saying lots of Indians feel that India is behind China because of democracy and going the China way will make India a superpower. This is what Armin always talks about in terms of the short-term games of authoritarianism versus the long haul of democracy. Democracy yeah. does take longer. Two, yeah. Bulbul is saying, I'm an upper caste Hindu and I don't feel safe in India because I speak out against Hindutva. Be, be safe. Take care of yourself. True. Um, random Buddhist guy is saying, it's an exaggeration. 1990s India was much more communal and 1930s-esque Yahtzee Germany. And uh, let's not forget that 40% of Indians are below 20, a good chunk of them who are becoming less religious. I think this yeah. is a criticism towards you. Yeah, but that's why that the the younger generation in that I always highlight that as a um, that's why I always say that I am very very optimistic about India's long term future. Okay, but these um, twenty year olds are going to take a time. It's going to take a while before they get old enough to replace all of these religious morons. Okay, so like, but I am, you know, against all the news that we keep hearing, the fact that the younger generation in India is a lot more progressive 
means that India's long-term future looks very bright. Again, I, I can't be sure about anything, but long India's long-term future looks very, very bright. I am very optimistic about that, right? But short-term looks... I'm very worried about the next couple of years. Again, I, I'm I'm hoping that fear is like, and also when I compare when we compared something to Yahtzee Germany, okay, um, we're not saying it's going to be that bad, okay. Things could comparisons doesn't mean like it's comp it's not equivocation. Is that the word right? You know, comparison means it. like. Yeah, equivocation, sorry. Uh, comparisons doesn't mean like it's going to, like we're not exaggerating. If we see some similar trends, um, like for example, when we compare the concentration camps in China, when we compare that like, oh yeah, this is like going back to, you know, before the big H in Germany, you know, when we compare China's actions to Germany, right? Or when we compare Putin's actions right now to Adolf, we're not saying it was as extreme, and we're not suggesting that it's going to turn that bad, but there are similarities, right? So, so it's not an exaggeration unless we're saying it's going to turn into, like, I don't know, 9 million people dying in camps. We, we didn't claim that, right? We didn't claim that that's how bad it's going to get, okay? But there are some similarities. Um, but, yeah, I, I do try to remind people that there are reasons there are many good reasons for hope for the long term of future of india but we have to admit short term things things will look dark short term things look look like they're getting worse um and also long term economically i think the, the you know india is going to become a, an economic power and people's lives just becoming better makes them less religious like an average, not always, right? So that's also, it's not just that the young people are less less religious. It's also, it's also the fact that the per capita, the, G, the GDP per capita in India rising in the future means people are going to focus more on economic activity, trade, their own lives, making their own lives better than like a new, than creating a, fucking Hindu Rashtra or whatever, right? So there's that. Um yeah. So I think I think I think I do a good job in focusing on the good, not just the bad. The problem is that we do seem to be like focusing about too much on the bad because we are an atheist channel and when the topic is religion, naturally things are going to be more bad news right like if we were talking about everything india related not just the religion side of it then it would be a mix a better mix of good news and bad news but because of the nature of the channel being about the religion unfortunately a lot of it is going to be bad news but a lot of the good news from india is not religion related so that's why we don't cover that but we do look for it. <laughs> we do look for excuses to cover good news from India, right? Um, anyways, here. Kiki is saying, as always, what will happen in the Hindu Rashtra? Brahmins and other upper castes will take the mantle and others will eventually be relegated to the trash heap. In practice, that's something, I mean, there, of course, that's one of the big concerns. You know, although a lot of these people, you know, try to front like they're for you know caste equality 
Um, oh, so Bulbul is talking about um, Subesh Chandra uh, Bose saying he went and made a deal with Adolf to release Indian prisoners of war who were fighting for the British and then used those men to make his own army against the British. Yes. There's a lot of infamous photos. Well, maybe not a lot, but there are infamous photos of him meeting with Adolf. Shaking hands. Um, Kiki is saying Hindutva shouldn't be called <laughs> ISIS. They should be called Hisis, Hindu state in the Indian subcontinent instead. I'm not going to lie. That's freaking genius. Hisis, <laughs> 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 Hindu state in the Indian subcontinent. Like it's so good. It'd be, it's perfect. Um, secular Sakai is saying, would a hypothetical theocratic India seek to annex Sri Lanka, Pakistan, or Nepal due to historical claims? I think they've been, some of them have been open about that being their goal. So, yeah. Oh, well, just in the same way that ISIS will post these memes that shows, you know, like all the way from freaking Indonesia yeah. to the Maghreb, like in the black Rome. with the Sahaba you know like we're taking over the world like i've seen the same yeah. memes from hindutva people where like well know, i mean half of, I half mean, of asia so, suddenly orange saffron yeah but I, they they say uh, they they say well at least at least we just want to take pakistan bangladesh and just like half of like i don't know the entire indian subcontinent Nepal, maybe Malaysia, yeah, all the way down Malaysia, southeast asia indonesia, yeah, indonesia. <laughs> right but they say well so, at least unlike the unlike unlike ISIS, we don't want to take over the world. Like, so that's a good thing. Oh my <laughs> <They're> god. Like, <laughs> because ISIS wants to like take over every like they were like, they want to put like the black flags over like the White House, right? They want to take the entire world. Like, like, hey, we just want to take over these all all these other sovereign independent countries and make them all a Hindu nation, but not the United States. So yay, us. Like <laughs> Not Canada. We're not going to go for Canada. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, read this one. Um, random Buddhist guy is saying, true, a lot of these Hindutva schmucks are unemployed people who have no economic mobility. You know, that's what I think about when people are bombing me with the most like vitriolic and graphic threats you can think of. I was like, no one would do this if they had like the time. I don't have like, who, who has a job has the time for this kind of crap? Um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Uh, one thing I want to mention is that I heard a lot of these people, like when they want to talk about, like I, I hear like the Hindus for talking to their recruits about why what they're doing is important, is that they bring up the idea, like, I mean, how many Islamic countries are there? I know there's like more than 20 Arab countries. How many, I think like there's 40. How many Islamic countries? Um. Okay, worldwide there are about thirty countries with Muslim population. Okay, okay, so, so I mean, I, there's I don't know even know how you define an Islamic country just because you have a Muslim population uh, doesn't necessarily mean that you're an Islamic country. But anyways, like that's, but their narrative is that they ask their like, like the Hindus for like they have new recruits or people who are like going hiring people to like not hiring like motivating people to go and like fight love jihad or go like mess people up or stuff like that right so they tell them the reason why what they're doing is important they ask them how many islamic countries are there right and they people give an answer like i don't know 30 or 40 or whatever and they ask them how many christian countries are there right and then they give whatever answer they come up with right and then they go how many hindu countries are there and the answer is like just one right 
And they're like, this is why what we're doing is important, okay? Because, and this is why India needs to become a Hindu nation, right? Because, and Jewish people have Israel. Like, they, that's why also they feel like, oh, like, we're just being like Israel. Like, and this is why they feel, the, the ethno, the nationalists in India feel a lot of like, oh, we're just like Israel. Like, they feel like Israel is the way to go because they, they relate to the ethno-nationalists in in Israel, right? Like, because Israel also has like one country that's supposed to be a Jewish country in the entire world, right? They're like, oh, Muslims and Christians, they have all these places where they could go and that, that that's their home and they, they have a sense of belonging and they feel safe. And it's a place where they could be protected against all this abuse against them, right? Like India is supposed to be a home against, for a, a place, like just like Israel is supposed to be a place where if things turn really bad against Jews around the world, they could go to Israel and Israel will provide them protection. They're like, India needs to be that for Hindus, right? All across the world, right? Um, so that, that's what that's the argument for why they need a Hindu nation, right? Which is, again, idiotic. And um, when they keep, this is the, the response, like the way I look at it, they're like, oh, we have this many Islamic countries and this many, I don't know, Christian countries. So we do need to defend Um we do need to defend and having a Hindu country, a Hindu nation. It's kind of, it's kind of like, to me, it sounds like, well, these countries get to be shitholes. Um, why can't we also be a shithole? That's what it sounds like to me. Like, yeah, like, hey, look, we have, these are Islamic countries. Like, yeah, they shouldn't be Islamic countries. There should be a country, you know, they, we shouldn't have Christian countries or Islamic countries, right? We shouldn't have a Jewish state, Okay, we have we should have a state where Jews can feel safe in, but it shouldn't be a Jewish state, right? So they're like they're competing with the rest of these ethno-nationalist or religious theocracies into making their own countries a lot shittier. And they're like, yeah, hey, yeah, can we have some of that shit here as well? Like, you shouldn't just because other people are ruining their country, you shouldn't try to outdo them. And you are outdoing most of them. I mean, I mean, Hindu nationalists in India are, are, are doing a lot of Islamic countries. The only Islamic countries they're not that doing are Saudi Arabia, Iran, Pakistan, um, maybe the Aceh part of Indonesia, Bangladesh. But all the other Islamic countries, the Hindutva is outdoing them in, in making their of... country in terms oh. of fucking their own country right like make turning it into a shithole like who out like yeah like they're tunisia is better tunisia malaysia with all the shit is happening there is better than india um uh, tunisia is better than like yeah a lot of islamic countries are now better than india so yeah congratulations like imagine how sh how fucked do you have to be for you to be able to do war worse to your country than uh, islam is like how yeah that's a, quite an accomplishment Katie is also anyway. pointing out that that propaganda that, oh, well, how many Hindu countries, majority countries are there? And, you know, that's the whole reason why it needs to be protected. Saying that's not even true. There are other countries with a Hindu majority like Nepal and Mauritius. But they don't they don't they want Nepal to be part of this Hindu nation? Like, aren't they going to be invade? Like, isn't there a plan to invade Nepal eventually? <laughs> like, I, I thought that was their plan. Like, don't they see that as part of the Hindu nation that they are like claiming to be one thing? So I don't know if they see that as separate. So I don't know. 
Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe it's not that they would invade or take over. It's that, you know, they would just all really lovingly really come back. Come back and, home. Come, come back home. home to Mother India. Come back into the bosom. My long last child. You've been gone for too long. Uh, Kiki is saying no plans to invade Nepal yet, <laughs> but they sure supporting members of the former monarchy. Yeah. Um, okay, Katie saying, I mean, I mean, there are maps of Hindu Rashtra stretching from mid Europe to the South Asia. What is that? South Asian, Southeast, Southeast Asia. Asia, right? Mid Europe? No, mid Europe. Come on, I don't. Well, because a lot so. of Hindutva people, they argue that actually the whole world was once Hindu, or that all religions have their origin in Hinduism. So you're like, oh, well, they don't say that it's going to take over the whole world. I'm like, some actually do say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I can't. But how many? Um, wait, like, is okay. Okay, wow, amazing. Mid Europe would that cover like the Middle East as well? Then, if they're going all the way from India, like, wait, do you do they want to like maybe take they're over, following like, like Romani migration? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, that's weird. Wait, <laughs> I'm performing Guarwapsi Nation Edition. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, let's move on. Yes, um, all right, can we? Oh, wait, all right, can we clap for the next series? Um, no, well, I mean it not, has what it's. No one is explicitly oh. hurt in this news. It's a a, a larger conversation. Oh, okay, okay. So we can clap. Next yeah. news. Next news. Egyptian bill to jail wife beaters reignites religious debate. So in Egypt, on February 1st, Amal uh, Salama, a female lawmaker, proposed to the Egyptian Parliament that the penalty for wife beating should be increased. According to Salama, the current penal code in Egypt does not provide, quote, appropriate penalties for domestic violence. Currently, there is no law that specifically criminalizes domestic abuse against women. Salama is proposing imprisonment of up to five years for domestic violence. This bill reignited conversation in the Arab-speaking world about the religious proclamations on wife-beating and specifically focused on comments made by Ahmed al-Tayeb, the grand imam of Al-Azhar Mosque and the former president of Al-Azhar University, one of the world's most important centers of thought for Sunni Islam. Al-Tayeb uh, Al had stated in a TV show two years prior that, quote, wife beating is not an imposition, is not an imposition or sunnah, but it is permissible to confront the disobedient wife and break her pride in order to preserve the family. Mabruk Atiyah, a professor at Al-Azhar University, also opposed the proposed legislation, stating that, quote, wife beating is fixed in the Quran and sunnah with specific controls. Yeah, I mean, um, wife beating is one of the most clear Islamic teachings in the Quran, not even in the Hadith. Like, anybody who tells you otherwise is either lying to you or like they're completely ignorant about. Like, there's this is like one of the clear, like, clearest, clearest commandments in the Quran. It doesn't even say that you're allowed to beat your wife. It commands you to beat your wife. Um, if they are not if they're being disobedient, but if you fear them being disobedient, right? Like there's two other things you have to try first, which is giving them the silent treatment is the first method, 
and then you kick them out of bed and that's the second treat attempt but if there's if you still fear disobedient the quran clearly clearly anybody that tries to translate this otherwise is full of shit okay clearly tells you that you have to beat them if that those two other things don't work right so how are they justifying this in egypt because this is like going against al-azhar's university going against islam this is a clear islamic teaching so making that illegal wouldn't that be un-islamic like how is that working out um that's basically a lot that's basically the um origin of a lot of people's attitudes towards opposing this kind of thing there was some opposition about the draft law because it at first was specifically about violence against women which is unconstitutional which is supposed to be equality of sexes before the law like I agree with that fully. That's a different matter. But in terms of getting this on the table in general, in terms of preventing violence against women, there here's a quote, but there are still a lot of hurdles for the amendment to succeed. Already, some have argued that non-severe beatings by men for the purpose of disciplining their wives must remain. Like, that is clearly an attitude <laughs> coming from the teachings of the Quran. Um I also said uh, there are quotes from the National Council of Women from Egypt that um, indicate that 80 million Egyptian women are subject to violence and a further 86% of wives are subject to beatings, a report by the Egypt Independent quoted her as saying, 86%. So clearly this kind of legislation is needed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a good thing for like the one. So for people who don't know this, Al-Azhar University is like, I don't know if there's any, when it comes to Sunni Islam, I don't know if there's any higher authority. I know like some people don't agree with it. Like I'm not saying every Sunni Muslim just, but it is, I can't think of any higher authority in Sunni, in the Sunni world when it comes to religious rulings, right? And commentary. Like, not even, like, the imams like, or the preachers in, like, Medina or Mecca are not even that high. You know what I mean? Especially given that the Saudi influence on whatever happens in, over there, right? So this is, like, the, the most... And, but, so I think there is some value in getting this on record that Al-Azhar University is pro-wife beating, right? Because we want to make sure people understand what Islam teaches, like... Is it, a, is it a surprise to people that, the you know, like people who want to misrepresent the Quran as this book that is, doesn't have these evil things in it? Like, yeah, sure, you're right. And Al-Azhar University, the, the institution that is responsible for understanding and teaching and declaring fatwas and declaring commentary on all things Islamic, the main source of authority, you know, they are wrong and you're right, okay? You, this reformist Muslim who is now being influenced by a modern way of thinking and modern understanding of morality and being influenced by, you know, all these progressive forces into not wanting wife beating to be a thing, you have understood the translation of the Quran more than these people who have spent their entire, for the past 1,300 years, microanalyzing every single goddamn dot in the Quran, right? So, sure, sure. Sure. So it's good that they come like I'm good. I'm glad that this rule is being these rules are being added. And I'm glad that Al-Azhar um, University is coming and exposing like is making it reminding the entire world what Islam stands for. Right. 
I also do want to acknowledge, uh, I do want to mention like well, some of the justifications you see Muslims have for wife beating. They really like the excuse they have for this is that this actually does preserve the family, right? Um, they think like whatever harm that you could experience from wife beating is insignificant compared to the harm of families breaking apart, right? Oh and they think God. like... It, yeah, they're saying like, look at oh, look at these other modern Western families where they're going through divorce and like I've like think about the kids or all the harm that is coming from all this divorce and families. Like, what's a little bit of wife beating if it it prevents all of that? It prevents all okay. of that. So that's what <laughs> that's what they people say. who that's have that issue. attitude like that. That's freaking insane. Like people who have mm -hmm. grown up with violence in their home the terror that they experience from being surrounded by violence of their home, probably the vast majority of them would be like, I would much rather prefer that my home would have been brokered than experience the visceral terror that literally changes the way your brain physically operates for the rest of your life, literally can stunt your development like, I, th I think they would trade having a broken home over going through that trauma and dealing with the implications of that and the effects it's going to have on their ability to form relationships for the rest of their life over, you know, like the supposed consequences. That's insane. Yeah, let's look at these highlighted comments. Okay, this was insane. I have to this highlight is insane. this. Because read this. Kiki is saying... While I support measures to protect women in Egypt, don't you think there's a possibility it could turn into a tool for misandry? A tool for man hatred? <laughs> okay, you really think that's going to be much of a freaking problem in Egypt where they can't even agree to put this on, like, to begin with? I like, think, these things Kiki, are so I think you're... Do you understand the violence that women in Egypt go through? They're, the environment is not suited for to allow for those kinds of attitudes. You need, oh Wait. my god. I need my friends that grew up there to like come in here Wait. because it's like crazy. So Kiki, you think like having laws that prevents men from beating their wives, you're like you're more worried about people like oh if this is going to make people hate men. Like, I mean, wouldn't your comments make more people hate men? Like, I think you're promoting men hatred more than anybody. I think, like, I think the idea that you're like, okay, women not being beat, women being beaten is a bad thing, but what about men being hated? So, I think your comment is like, is promoting is a tool for misandry because people are people who think like that is going to make more people think like, well, fuck men's feelings. Like, what are you talking? Like, th that is, you're promoting misandry. Kiki, you're promoting misandry. Isn't isn't this like a tool for misandry? Like, this kind of attitude? When somebody thinks about... Oh, it makes about, people yeah. turn their heads and say, what the fuck is going on over there for sure? Like, Kiki, then you're saying, I'm aware of that, Suzanne. I was worried that it could turn against men. Look at India. Okay, I'm not sure what you're referring to with this, Kiki, but if you are referring to the current fight to get to criminalize marital rape in India right now, because your comment sounds exactly like the attitudes of the people who oppose the criminalization of marital rape, saying you're criminalizing marriage, you're promoting misandry against men. It's like, 
What do you, this is assault. This is about criminalizing assault. Like I said in the beginning, this proposed law should, has to constitutionally apply to both sexes, right? This isn't like. Look, Hindu twisters are like saying the same oh thing. Oh my God. <laughs> I can read this one. I like, I can't even articulate myself fully. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? Read this one. Dupa Susanna is saying, hope women don't exploit such laws against in innocent men like the dowry law uh, of the penal code, uh, IPC 4988A. Okay. Okay. Guys, I'm pretty sure, like, if you like, hey, we should make murder illegal, Okay. And if your first thought is like, I hope people don't misuse this law <laughs> against people who haven't committed murder, I mean, your priorities are not in, not in the right place, okay? Obviously, any law that we have that is supposed to protect people, any misuse of it should be avoided. But you obviously are going to need the goddamn law to protect people, okay? So I don't know what this... Okay, Susanna, you, oh you have lost Oh, my it. God. <laughs> what happened? I'm losing my mind right now. Saying marital rape is a hazy problem. I don't think criminalizing it will help India. Sorry to say the Indian government did the right thing there. Well, so you don't want India to join the fucking 21st century and criminalize this? Oh, my God. Okay, Kiki, you just, just came out as pro-rape. Just you just came out as pro-rape. Kiki, congratulations. You just came out as pro-rape. Jesus Christ. So, guys, actually, mar marital rape should be high, like one of the highest priorities of rapes that people... Because that's the you, your victim is trapped in your house. Okay? So, I don't understand how people think like marital rape should, is less serious than other kinds of rape. It's more... It repeats... It happens more often than other kinds of rape. And the society doesn't condemn it as much as, like, imagine having your victim forced to be li live, living with you and you are repeating it all over and over and over and over again. That is actually a worse kind of rape compared to other, like, instances where it might happen once and you're not trapped in, inside a prison with your rapist. And it's not the, the similar to the other ones where, like, society was like, oh, you should just accept giving in to your rapist. They, do, they don't do that with other kinds of rape. It should be criminalized. This is, like, the worst instances of rape is, hap is usually marital rape. Why are you guys are defending rape? What the fuck is happening? Unbelievable. This is disgusting. Oh my God. Okay, so whew. Bulbul is saying, you think men are the victims in India? India has one of the worst rates of violence against women. Like, it's it's a step forward. Like, I'm not saying, oh my God. In situations like this, in any law, in any law, in any law, there will be issues of misuse with any law that doesn't mean yeah. that the protections that it will afford people are worth throwing out the window because it has the potential to be misused what about the potential to save lives yeah actually guys legalize legalize fraud because some people might be innocent and be a victim of this fraud anti-fraud laws it legalize everything. Legalize murder, apparently, 
because some people might be innocent and be get charged with murder. So why why have that law? Just just legalize it, right? What the yeah. Anyway, seeing criminalizing it won't help. How are people supposed to get justice against the people who harm them if there is nothing standing on in the law okay, that allows seriously. them to address their grievances? Criminalizing rape won't help. Criminalizing rape will not. Are you listening to yourself, Kiki? Criminalizing rape won't help. What are you talking about? By the way, Mustafa is like telling everybody to please thank you, Mustafa. Like we said, we use the word rape like a million times now in this stream. So YouTube is going to bury this video. Like not this is not going to this video is not going to go anywhere. So please, please make sure you like this video to like fight the algorithm a little bit. Thank you, Mustafa, for reminding it. And yeah, also Katie is saying because criminalizing marriage will end the institutional of marriage. You know what? Fuck the institution of marriage. If it's pro rape, if it means like you get to kidnap somebody, the bar is so else. low tonight. Holy shit! No, but Katie, Katie is making fun of it. This is in yeah, quotation. Yeah, I know, though. I know, just, but just like just it's just a reflection. Know. Oh my god. Yes, yeah, like you know what? Fuck marriage. If it means that you get to kidnap somebody and like have the entire society endorse you raping them constantly, you know what? Be better off not having marriage at all if that's what marriage is supposed to mean. Jesus Christ. Like, you know, you it's and so and people are saying, like, we should be worried about innocent men. Yeah, you could be worried about innocent men that get are getting charged, but if you are throwing away a hundred times victims of rape under the bus for a small percentage of innocent men, like you could deal with protecting those innocent men after you have the law, but you can't just like just ignore women being raped because potentially some men are going to be innocently charged. We'll deal with that when that happens. But the law obviously has to be there. Are you guys have lost your minds? Oh my god! All right, never mind. Kiki seems Let's to think on. that if okay. they had sex before, like it doesn't. It suddenly is like not a thing. I don't, Kiki. If like most well, of the it, countries it, in no, the world it, have it. figured out a way to establish this mm -hmm. and set it into law for decades, I don't. I can't figure out why India can't do it too. When other countries have clearly delineated this and well, been able it's to start, like you're you're saying, we know we know a rape for sure. We know it's a rape for sure, but marital rape is harder to nail. Well, it becomes easier when you start, like, the first step is to getting it done is to criminalize it. I'm sure you could, I'm sure you could manage that. Okay, Jesus, I'm going to stop. Let's stop, let's stop. Like, oh, it's hard. Okay, so let's not even get started because it's hard. So you're actually making justifications for why you need to be criminalized. So you create the process of actually fighting it because it wouldn't get easier if it's not even a fucking crime. Okay. So, no, this is an important question. Rudresh is saying there's already a law against domestic violence, right? Why not use that law in the case of marital rape? And Bulbul, a literal lawyer, is saying because rape is an exception to the a marriage is an exception to the rape law itself. Yeah, like, so like that's what we're trying Rudish, to address is a Rudish loophole. Saying, yeah, Rudish is saying there's already law against domestic violence, right? Why not use that law? Because they don't consider it domestic violence because they think. Because that law against domestic violence doesn't work because apparently if you rape your wife, that is not legally considered by them to be domestic violence. That's why you need to change it. That No, this is actual rape. 
So it is domestic violence. So now the law applies. Oh, another good fact from Bubble, our legal source, saying currently men can uh, rape their wives if the wife is above 15 years old in India. That's the exception being challenged. 15. Wow. It just keeps getting worse. I swear to God. Yeah, oh my God. Well, this took a big turn today. <laughs> Holy yeah. cow. I need to pull myself together. All right. We should move on to the next news. Can we clap for yes. This is hilarious. This is lighthearted. This is like okay, not a big good. deal. All right. Uh, next news. Next news. Televised quote unquote profane baptism triggers Vatican bishops. On February 23rd, Achille Lauro, an Italian rapper and singer, along with New York's Harlem Gospel Choir, performed his song Dominica at Italy's San Reno uh, Music Festival. Wearing only black leather pants and dark eye shadow, the hip-thrusting Achille finished the performance by <laughs> kneeling on stage, hands clasped in front of him as if in prayer, and poured water from a bowl over his forehead, portraying a faux baptism that Italian bishops described as, quote, profane. The Vatican and Italian Catholic bishop, Antonio Sueta, um, protested against the performance, stating that it contained, quote, words, attitudes, and gestures that are not just offensive to religion, but to human dignity. <laughs> okay. the bishop oh stated God. that initially he did not want to speak up against the performance to stop it from getting any more attention however he could not help but protest because italy's public broadcasting service the rai state television broadcasted the performance meanwhile the singer laro contends that the performance was intended to be a birthday gift to his mother so <laughs> This is um, just a hilarious moment of, um, yeah, Catholic bishops getting triggered over the most mild things. Um, Armin walked away right when I wanted to show a clip of the performance. So I'm going to pull up, up, pull it up on my computer. Um, give me a second. Um, and what's so funny is that it's not even crazy. You know, like when um, Sinead O'Connor did her, you know, infamous protest where, oh, you're back, where she, you know, ripped the picture of the Pope in half. Like that is way more provocative than this is. This is like so mild. This is so normal. But this is an offense against human dignity. <laughs> Can we show this? Because last time we showed the music video, even without playing the audio, we got like a copyright strike. Let's not show the whole performance. Go to the three minute, 30 second mark. And then we can see the baptism because okay. the rest of it is just him like shirtless. I can't believe YouTube actually now can detect even like videos on screen and then automatically strike it for copyright. Even when we're not playing the audio, like what kind of AI over it? Yeah, we were talking over it. We were showing the video and the audio was muted and AI like, just like how, what kind of advanced uh, uh, yeah anyways let's see okay so I'm just is here this for the hip thrusting okay <laughs> that's the hip thrusting there there we go with the hip thrusting there we have the gospel these are singers. angels yeah and he's like yeah this is for get his it mom? lick those lips he made this for Thrust his mom lips. 
I know. So that's what was so funny. <laughs> Wait, so go to the three minute, 30 second mark. All right. Three minutes. Um, so yeah, then he's like, this was, this was dedicated to my mom as a birthday present. I'm like, really? <laughs> You're like grabbing your crotch through the, like the performance, bro. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, okay. okay. Anyway. All right. So here's the baptism. Yes. This is the so part like, that triggered everybody. Put down his mic. He I wish you could listen stage. to this. God he looks, it. he looks contemplative. You know, he he's oh. down on one knee. He gets down on both knees. Then, you know, he lifts a platter. The platter has a little silver dish that's shaped like a seashell. The, and then, and then he starts just, just dripping water on himself. And then he's like kind of smiling. He kneels back down. He puts his hands together in prayer. And then, and then he just like strikes a pose. Then he's like, yeah. Dominica, that's my song. This the name of the song means a, a Sunday in Italian, by the way. Um, mm. I think that's all we should play. Um, but yeah, I was like, that's that was an offense to human dignity. Like, what got you so upset, bro? Was it the shirtlessness? <laughs> was it the eyeshadow? Was it the face tattoos? It was, was it was the it the hip thrusting? Was it the black hip leather thrusting. pants? The hip thrusting. I think it was yeah. the hip thrusting. Yeah. So funny. I think they got so triggered because this is like was on state television. So it's like in America, if it was on PBS or something, I don't know. I feel like Dean is saying if only church was that hot. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so mild. I've seen way more crazy stuff. And the funny thing is, is one of the, um, the editor of a Vatican newspaper was basically saying like, you know, this is just, you're just taking cheap shots at the Catholic church because it's so easy to try to seem transgressive just by like taking cheap shots at the Catholic church. But like, you know, who's the real transgressors of all time? Jesus Christ. Like, wait, that so was isn't basically it his message. So isn't like, it just there's Sunday? nothing more transgressive really than the message of Jesus Christ. So Who's well, the then aren't now? they following the way of Jesus then? So shouldn't we be transgressing? Isn't that what Jesus would do? Wouldn't Jesus be like the, you know, thrusting his hip as the major transgressor? Like, is it like this yeah. modern way of transgressing? Hell yeah. We're just, we're just, <laughs> anyways. Um, can we clap for the next news? Um, let me get back. Yes, we can. We can. Okay, okay. Next news. Next news. New French law bans LGBT conversion therapy in France. On July 25th, with an overwhelming 142 votes to zero, the French National Assembly officially passed a new law that bans LGBT so-called conversion therapy. The new law also imposes criminal penalties on those who practice the pseudoscientific therapy. These penalties include a possible sentence of several years in jail and fines of up to 45,000 euros or $34,000 USD for cases involving children and vulnerable adults. According to MP Lawrence uh, Van Sembrock-Milon, I don't know how to say these French names. Um, the law sends out a strong signal because the law condemns those who quote consider uh, condemns those who consider a change or of sex or identity as an illness. Um, is Elizabeth Moreno, France's Equalities and Diversity Minister, condemned conversion therapy by calling such practices barbaric? 
French President Emmanuel Macron expressed his support on Twitter saying, let's be proud of it because being oneself is not a crime. Similar laws have been passed in countries such as Canada, Germany, Brazil, Ecuador, Malta, and Albania. You know what I'm going to say? I do know what you're going to say. I mean, this is France for fuck's sakes. Are you serious? Only now? Only this is France. How did this last? How did this take so long? So you're telling me that conversion therapy was legal in France until just recently? How did I don't it, know about, how did this take them so long? I think there were some other kinds of provisions against it, but this is like the most firm legislation against it ever. Okay, well, thank you for joining the 21st century, France. France, what the fuck? You know what I was thinking when I was preparing for this news story? Because I knew you were going to say this, because you always say this. You know, I think I understand where you're coming from, because you're like, we want this to have already happened already. But I think when you say that, you're doing a disservice to how much progress we've undergone in such a short period okay. of time. Like, well, it was only... It was only the 1970s that it was considered a mental pathology to be homosexual, right? That's an incredible amount of progression in only a handful of decades. Yeah, but we're also talking about France, which is supposed to be one of the most, if not the most secular countries on the goddamn planet, okay? They are so secular that they even have a different name for it. They're like, we're not even secular. We go extra. We have lazy <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, we don't... <laughs> right? So, <laughs> so, I mean, if, the, if a country is secular, I mean, what was the justification for conversion therapy if it, they're like, like religion is supposed to have no influence? Like, it's, I don't know. Well, there probably know. wasn't a justification so much as there just had to be the political push to actually go the length of formally banning it. Okay, you know, there well, had to be the political will well, I guess, yay, or the incentive in their constituents. For... Okay, great. Thank you, friends, for banning conversion therapy. Hey, wait. So you're saying, you're telling me that Canada was ahead of France over this? Because Canada, we like, we banned yes. this. And you, and Susanna, you should be ashamed. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're, you're, wait. <laughs> so you're behind us, right? So yes. Canada is ahead of France, apparently. So good job, Canada. And United States is still behind both France and Canada. Unbelievable. Canada. Um, Canada. Um, <laughs> what surprised me, though, in terms of countries that have already banned it, Albania was really surprising to me. Because Albania is a Muslim-majority country, right? Right. Uh, I was like, huh. Yes. Uh, well, Albania is like a Muslim country that it doesn't act feel or do anything like a muslim country i think it's the like, only I'll... secular muslim majority country and also when you look at pictures of albania like you're like wait this is a muslim country <laughs> like how is this well, that's just, just... I, I think you just think I, that I because they're like european they're caucasian no i mean the buildings and yeah i mean i'm being stereotypical which is good not to use albania as a way not to you're like you just like look at it it's like these buildings doesn't it just doesn't look like I don't know. The weather is not Islamic. <laughs> the weather isn't Islamic. <laughs> like nothing about everything nothing is in about, a sepia tone. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Nothing here looks Islamic to me. And apparently, this is still an Islamic country. It's like okay, 
Um, but okay, there's no, this I don't is. see yellow sands here. Where are the camels? <laughs> like, what, what are you saying, Norman? Like, hey, I don't say that. I come from Iran. There's no, like, I grew up in Tehran. There's no sands or camel in Tehran. I, I still get Islamic vibes. I mean, I mean, see, I see Yahoo saying somewhere on the fuck at the street, and like, I see a <laughs> mosque or something once every, I mean, I'm sure there are mosques, and I just, uh, uh, um, oh my god all right but read this comment this is a good comment I like um secular rarity is saying i think you both bring a different viewpoint on these types of things on these news and that's why i really value and love this show oh my god that's so sweet um <laughs> yes no but i wanted to bring it up because in many other ways armin is really stresses the importance of appreciating progression and not dismissing that when fighting for um new social justice matters but on this i feel like you're just very quick to be like well come on guys where are you <laughs> no i mean i appreciate the progress but i also also think like i'm promoting putting a fire up as the like i'm also like shaming any progressive country that is not there i i don't think i'm like because here's the thing i don't think i'm being harmful when i say that because the law has already passed you know what i mean like like it's not like they're gonna be like well if you don't well if armin doesn't appreciate this maybe we should like go back i don't think that's about to happen when i talk like that right but i think like shaming countries for retroactively not doing this past, shaming them no yeah you're retroactively shaming them and it also shows how any other country that is like not even there yet should be ashamed like you know what i mean so yeah i think like i think it's helpful to i think like um being happy that something happens while at the same time telling people that this is not happening fast enough i think that's a good combination i don't see any issue with that i think you should do both okay i think i i get i think i get upset when somebody does one of them but not the other but i think here we do both of them right like i think like if people say like oh united states has committed does has all these ugly things in this past right and they don't highlight the good parts i have an issue with that but I also have an issue with people who only highlight the good things and don't highlight the dark past, right? So I think, like, my issue is only when people just only do one. I think we should do both. You highlighted something? Oh, oh yeah, it was that. just Katie saying that Albania is much too brightness. We need to put a sepia filter on it. <laughs> yes, make it, yeah, I think a sepia filter is, like, more Islamic. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you you crazy. You're so crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, okay, here, let me just actually make my point here, Albania, okay? Just go... Okay. Okay, there's some... Okay, here, let me let me show you, all right? Oh, boy. No. He's committing. Yeah, okay. So, if you look enough, you'll see... Okay, so here's, like, when you look at... The, oh, why are these so low res? Yeah, like, this screams, like, Eastern Europe to me, which is technically it is. Yes. But I guess here you can see like something Islamic, right? Oh, wow. I want to go to Albania now. Yeah, damn, this is pretty. Okay, there's one thing Islamic here, but most of it is like... I mean, having a mosque next to this, to me, it doesn't seem like this was or originally Islamic country, right? It comes across as a country that was supposed to be like non-Islamic, and they had a migration of Muslims, and they're like, fine, we'll build a mosque for you, all right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't come across as a country that was like OG Muslim. I mean, technically it wasn't. It was like, 
um, it was. I guess actually that makes sense because it was it had a history of not being Islamic at some point in time. Hey, I am I feel vindicated. Th that is actually what happened. Okay, so never mind. I feel like you are exhibiting your internalized stereotypes. I am. I am. I'm an acknowledging that that's that is my internalized stereotypes, right? So I am acknowledging it. Um, I'm not. In, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm being. I'm being transparent about my stereotypical view of things. Um. All right. Which means Islam equals sepia tone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Can we... Um, um, <laughs> I, I grew, I grew up, up in, in Minnesota, so I don't know what Islamic <laughs> weather is, says an ex-Muslim. <laughs> All, right. All right. Can we clap for the next news? Yes. Next news. Next news. Wrongfully imprisoned atheist Mubarak Bala finally appears in court. On February 1st, nearly two years after his arrest in April 2020, Mubarak Bala appeared for the first time at the High Court of the, of the state of Kano, Nigeria. Mubarak, the president of the Humanist Association of Nigeria, was arrested for comparing the Prophet Muhammad to a uh, violent radical. On a in a Facebook post, Mubarak was illegally denied access to a lawyer for more than five months after his arrest. Fifteen months into his prison time, Bara, Bala was finally charged with ca causing a public disturbance under sections two one zero and one one four of the Penal Code of the State of Kano. Bala was not present at the court when his charges were first read. Bala's arrest and lack of due process has been condemned by numerous international organizations, including the Office of the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights. Humanists International insisted that, quote, all charges laid against Bala should be dropped immediately and unconditionally. Wole uh, Solinka, a Nobel Prize laureate from Nigeria, called Bala's arrest a sign of, quote, a plague of religious extremism that has encroached upon Nigeria. There's somebody in the live chat saying, isn't Nigeria a Christian country? No, a half. It's half Christian, half Islamic, right? And unfortunately for uh, Mubarak, Bala, he was on the Islamic side. And he has the Muslim Well, actually, he was originally in the state of Kaduna, which is a southern state that's Christian majority. And then yeah, but he, he has was, a Muslim background. Yeah, but he has a Muslim background and he was extradited to Kano State, which in Kano mm. State is one of the states where they have customary law, where you are um, given different forms of law depending on your religious background. And he is a former Muslim. So they uphold Sharia law in this state. So yeah. The penalty for blasphemy of a Muslim is death. And so Formal. there is the, and also, well, no, for Muslims, it would be death in Nigeria as well. Um, oh, yeah. And um, then there's also the issue of the fact that he has openly apostatized from Islam, which is um, likely, you know, played into a lot of the illegal treatment that he has received at the hands of the state, including just blatantly disobeying court orders um, that he has to be presented before court, all of these things. Um, and uh, 
there is the possibility of technically it is could be argued that the customary law and Sharia law doesn't apply to him because he is not a Muslim any longer. He's a humanist. So I, um, based on the way that Humanist International wrote their article, it sounds like that's kind of the push that his lawyers might be trying to make for this. But wow. this is a significant milestone in the effort to free Mubarakbala. Because like I said, he finally appeared in court after almost two years of being imprisoned. For over a year, he was illegally detained without no charge. Yeah. And then they- Two they years, guys. Two years, like you can't even defend yourself because they're just they're just keeping you without charging you. It's, what a clown show! What a fucking clown show! And Nigeria is supposed to be like one of the most serious countries in Africa as well. It's supposed to be leading the way in the economy and progress and everything. How are you going to do this if this is how your legal system works? Right? I mean, it doesn't work. Imagine the defense. Imagine the lawyers having to defend this. Him, not by saying like dude blasphemy is not a crime or like what is this fucking law like the defense has to be like he shouldn't be like executed because he's not a muslim anymore basically having to endorse the already existing law like oh yeah this is all justified if he was a muslim but the law shouldn't apply to him just because he doesn't believe um, like unbelievable well i mean um, to be fair i don't think that's something that they actually believe that I know that might, that might I know, be how I'm they not, have I'm, to argue it I um, know I wasn't criticizing the lawyers I'm just saying criticizing the, the, the situation that they're in that this is the defense that they are forced to go with to just to save the man you know what I mean yeah and it's but, crazy because um so if so there's the punishment under customary law which has the potential to be death and then there's the punishment under the other form of law which um, I can't remember what it's called, but the punishment for that is um, a two-year jail sentence. He has almost served a full sentence for this supposed quote-unquote crime that he committed, right? Um, so it's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, every Everything about the entire way that this has been handled is a clear violation of his rights, um, his constitutional rights. And I'm glad that this, um, you know, it took a little while, but it started, the case of Mubarak Bala started to get a lot of attention over the past few years, including a huge profile in the New York Times. There's profiles by the Associated Press that, you know, take him as a case study and then expound upon the issues that African um, atheists face at large. So that is getting more attention, which is so, so needed. That is a good thing. And um, I am really, you know, we can just really hope that um, this first step can lead to more quicker progress. And um, finally, um, I would like to plug um, one moment. Humanist International. Um, has a fund that they've started to um, his defense fund. And I would like to promote it to people here one second. So if you go to justgiving.com, you can find the campaign just called Free Mubarak Bala, or I put the link in the live chat. Um, so uh, you guys, Humanist International is basically, in my opinion, one of the most credible um, human secular 
organizations in the world. They do amazing work, especially with their Humanists at Risk program. And they have been one of the most hands-on in terms of defending Mubarak Bala. And I go to Humanist International first to find out what the updates on him are. Um, so I would encourage you, if you are able, if you feel um, willing, you know, and that wouldn't be a financial burden to you to consider donating to Mubarak Bala's legal fund. Um, they have a 10,000 pound target and they've reached um, like 59% of their goal so far. So they still have, you know, a um, little less than halfway to go before they've reached their goal of this defense fund for Mubarak Bala. So consider that um, if you're so inclined. Um, and also, this is something that uh, I, I really care about the case of Mubarak Bala. And so I always try to bring you guys. Um, updates on his case as soon as possible. Oh, look at this. Secular Sekai is saying, I'm going I'm, to I'm donate now. I'm going to donate now. Wow. Thank good. Aww. Thank you, guys. This is atheist taking care of each other. That's fantastic. Yes. Um, so, good. Like, good. I, think I mean, think about it. If this was a Christian, if he was a Christian, if he was a Christian and the fund was like, I don't know, 100,000 pounds, Given the number of churches and the resources all these the Christians have, it would be like it would be like this. Like the funds would be available like this. Okay, if this was like a Christian in trouble in an Islamic part of Nigeria, I'm sure the funds will be available for help. For his legal fund would be filled within like less than a you know less than a day, right? So you know atheists need to like. I'm glad that we have institutions like this that are going after this, but the community support needs to pick up, right? So that's that's a good thing. Yeah, let's do that. Um, yeah. And AJ is checking as well. Thank you, guys. That's very nice of you. Yeah, I mean, think All about right. with the case of Sohail Arabi, like how much that international support really made a difference in changing the environment of his case. Like, you know, the pressure was able to help commute his death sentence to just several years imprisonment. And now he's currently at the moment <clears throat> released just in internal exile. So it's really important that atheists do care about each other internationally. Um, because oftentimes we can be very small in numbers. We're minorities within our own countries. This international solidarity really can make a difference. Yeah, I and mean, thank you, Susanna, for bringing these to our attention and doing the background, you know, research and everything. It's very, thank you for that. Um, oh, somebody's saying I'm new to this channel. Well, welcome here. We hope Hi. you stay. Blank name um, is saying atheist republic community. We're so proud of our community. <laughs> All right. All right. So can we clap for the next news? Another heart. Oh, just go like this. It's easier. Oh yeah, this is like the the Korean thing, Korean. right? Yeah, this is a hard. Yeah. All right. Uh K-pop stuff. All right. Can we clap for the Yes, oh, we can. Are saying, yeah, we can. Oh wait. People are saying thank you, Susie. And last time I'm saying Susie June. <laughs> All right. Um next news. Next news. Atheist Republic sells first NFT sexy Kali collection. Armin. Take it away. All right. So I know a lot of people hate NFTs. I want to make sure that I tell people that we did our research to do this. Um, and we're still open to criticism, right? Um, and I want to make sure that we do this right. Okay. And the goal for this is to get Cali back 
All right, we're bringing Sexy Cali back, especially on Twitter. Okay, so the, we're using the power of the blockchain to bring Hindu goddess Kalima back on Twitter and everywhere else and spread her everywhere. Okay, it's just make sure that, like, that all the because he let me tell you that the Hindutva IT cell has been very successful on Twitter in fighting against um, the spread of our blasphemous art, right? So we have managed to be our spread our blasphemous art everywhere right but like for some reason these people are very like very good at just blocking us on twitter right so we are now using the power of nft and blockchain to encourage people to make cali scally must spread in a way that it's unremovable okay so for people and so for people who think like NFTs are scams, like I did a lot of research into making sure that we do this in not, not a scammy way because the, and not a, and also an environmentally friendly way. Okay. Uh, let me tell you. So the link to this is in the description and I priced these NFTs at, a, at, at the, at the low, at lowest price that it allows. Right. So these are not like those NFTs that people are saying that they're, they're going for, thousands and thousands of dollars like i priced these at like three dollars four dollars right and i also I minted them on the polygon blockchain so the gas fees are extremely low right so it's not like those hundreds of dollars of gas fees that people are paying so i minted 10 um kalima nfts for sale and two of them are already Two of them are already taken. You can see there's three owners. So we just want to make sure that all 10 of them go. And again, this is, guys, these are like really, really cheap, right? So if you go... Yeah, most are you, only like $5 USD. Three, two, five dollars right like that, right? So we started with the lowest price and then we had to do a stag, you know, staggering price. Like, so it just increased it by very, very low every time, right? Um, but the goal is, like, if you listen, if you read this, okay, I'm going to read this. Um, I said, use the hashtag SexyCali to share or sell your Cali NFT. We'll retweet it on Atheist Republic Twitter account, which has more than 130,000 followers, right? So we don't want you to just buy them. We want you to buy them and then try to resell it as a profit, okay? So I'm not, by the way, this is not financial advice, and I'm not telling you that you're going to make a profit at this, but I'm hoping that we could, make it work so that you buy it and then you sell it at a higher price okay so and we're going to try to and you could like use the sexy cali hashtag to mention that you have this nft multiple times and we will try to help you sell it multiple times or once you buy it right so we're selling it to you like for example look at this one this one is being sold. The goal is not to for us to like make like a shit ton of money out of this. The goal is to just spread sexy Cali, right? So we're selling this one at like three dollars, okay? Three dollars, like one thousandth of an ETH. Okay, so this is all right. So let's go back. Actually, wait, hold on. How do you go back? Um, let me come off a full screen here. So. It continues and sent, um, the description says in tw in 2020 many were, so we give us the history of sexy Cali and what this is about for people like I know a lot of you already know but we put this here so to show people why are we doing this and the significance of this right it says in 2020 
uh, Susanna wrote this, by the way. Many were angered by Atheist Republic's art of a sexy version of the Hindu deity Kali. Uh, the Universal um, Hindu uh, Council filed a report against us with the Delhi police and Mumbai police for allowing blasphemous content to be featured on Twitter. An Indian attorney filed a public interest lit litigation before the Supreme Court of India to hold... Hold on, let me stop this. To hold social media, where is this? To hold social media companies directly responsible for the content on their platforms, naming us as a reason that the government should establish um, officers that investigate hate speech. Our Kalima project sends numerous powerful messages wrapped in a sexy package. When we blaspheme, we actively participate in breaking taboos and normalizing dissent. We are taking up the mantle of changing um, draconian blasphemy laws, right? Challenging so guys, draconian blasphemy. Challenge. What did I say? Changing. Challenging. Okay. Yeah, same thing. All right. So, guys, the goal is to not for people to just get these NFTs. The goal is to get the NFTs and go on Twitter and say, like, use the sexy. I saw somebody. Okay. I'm going to show you what somebody did. Okay. Use the sexy Cali NFT um, hashtag to, to tweet their NFTs, right? And link to it and also try to sell it again at a higher price and make a profit out of it. Okay. Again, I'm not saying any of this works. It might work. It might not work. Okay. But just, it's only 10 of them. There's only 10 of them and two of them have already sold. Like if you click on the activity, you can see that these two are already sold, but one of them is they already like, look, the which one. So if I bring this person, for example, you can see Nilo Fair bought one of them. So there's eight of them left and she tweeted about it. She said, check out my NFT and she linked to it. Right. Um, and then she used the hashtag sexy Kelly, right? So you can see that she bought it. I don't, I, I don't know how much, and now she's reselling it at $45. So she's trying to sell it and now. And this at $45. one is the only blue Kali. Like when I was checking yeah, she, out her listings, I was like, oh my yeah, God, this, the blue one is already gone. Damn, I wanted it. <laughs> well, the blue one is already gone, which is the original color, but she, she is now reselling it at a much higher price. So you could still get it at the higher price that she, she bought it from. Um, but guys, we are already two out of ten is already gone. One of them that okay, this one, where's number one? Kelly number one. This person bought it and hasn't put it up for sale. So this one you can't buy it anymore because the person that is not if you want if you go to if you go to the link, I already made the link that shows you buy now. The only buy so it only nine of them are available for sale, right? So guys, if you buy them, make sure you put it like don't just hold on to it. Put it up for resale for at a higher price, and we'll again I, we'll help you market it. Okay, again, no guarantees. So th the reason why I'm saying this is not a scam is because I constantly I'm telling you that there's no guarantees. Okay, so that you're gonna be able to. And oh, another reason why I know we're doing this ethically is that we minted all of this on the Polygon blockchain, not on the Ethereum blockchain, on the Polygon blockchain. So you can see all of them have says polygon polygon there's two significant things about this blockchain okay so all of these say polygon 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 okay so the main thing is that it's environmentally friendly so this is not like this is proof of stake not proof of work that means that all you need to do know is like there's not a, lot, a shit ton of energy being used 
to mint these NFTs, okay? So if you were like, oh, I don't like NFTs because of the environmental damage. Well, these are minted on Polygon, so this is environmentally friendly. The second significant thing about this being on the Polygon blockchain is, do you know what it is, Susanna? Um, I actually don't. You won't guess. You don't. You won't be able to guess it. That Polygon is an Indian blockchain. This is a blockchain that was made by, yes, Polygon blockchain, unlike the Bitcoin blockchain, unlike the Ethereum blockchain, the Polygon blockchain is made by Indian developers. It was it was founded in India. So it's so poetically fitting that Kalima um, NFTs are minted on an Indian blockchain. Isn't that full isn't circle? That, isn't full that circle, beautiful? Bro. <laughs> isn't that beautiful? <laughs> that, I love oh, it. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was beautiful. That that was so poetic. <laughs> I love how excited you are. It's adorable. Yeah, by the way, he's an okay. So I tell you, I want to like um we don't have much excuses to talk about a lot of good news from India because we usually talk about religion. This is one thing. Now we have an excuse. India is like a major hub of entrepreneurship and new tech, okay? And Polygon is the number one layer two blockchain, layer two solution on the Ethereum blockchain, right? So you can show, and I'm, I'm also happy, another news is that India decided on, to go against, unlike China, India decided to regulate the blockchain instead of banning the blockchain, which means that India is going to lead the way, unlike China, when it comes to these kind of technology. So you can see that India, these are some good news, and India is the perfect, India is such a major hub for new technology and entrepreneurship. So, and they're going to lead, and they're, I was going to say they're going to lead the way. They're already leading the way in this, okay? The Polygon blockchain is a serious, serious new innovation. And I think people should be celebrating that this is something that is coming out of India, okay? So there's that. Um, Do you know where the well, servers me... for the Polygon blockchain are? Because people are concerned that their servers will fall under Indian jurisdiction. It's a blockchain. The servers are spread across the planet. Well, yes. So there's no. it's not centralized, right? Well, do, in general... Are they subject to Indian jurisdiction? I mean, it's decentralized, no, that, so kind of like it's, this is it's already, this is why it's already there. Is, it's already this is why I'm saying this is why we're using the power of the blockchain to spread the uh, our, uh, the message, Cal, Kalima, sexy Cali, but uh, and spread the message of like fighting for free speech and you know spreading normalizing blasphemy. This is why we're using the power of the blockchain because it's unremovable, right? It's immutable it's like it's basically on the blockchain it's not centralized and no power on the goddamn planet could remove this that's the whole point of making kalima nfts is because like we'll remove like hey hindutva it cells or whatever remove this if you can right you can't right so this is why we're doing we're using like you know yeah so that's the whole point right and let me actually i had a few notes about this um, oh, by the way, the butthead was already there. Uh, there was people tweeting about. This. I, I should have, I should have um, saved the butthead over this. Guys, this is like this is us getting back of all the for all the uh, attacks that we got because the first tweet that Nilufar had. I wish I saved the first tweet. Hold on. She, oh, here. Let me actually. I can find it. You can see. <laughs> I did you can see, see like this going is going like, after her in the. The first tweet, yeah. Yeah, in the comments. Like, okay. 
So this is this first tweet. I told I reached out to her, told her to use the correct hashtag because her first hashtag. Oh, here it is. Okay, so this the first time she didn't use the correct hashtag, but somebody was like, "Oh wait, oh, wow." Okay, so somebody said your mother. <laughs> uh, you're already you already seeing the butt hurt, right? But there's two oh other replies God. that have been that have been removed because they violated Twitter rules. You can <laughs> see that she's already <laughs> she's already getting so predictable, so backlash. Okay, so guys, this needs to like there's power in numbers. Like we want people to get the NFTs, but also not hold on to it because if people keep passing it on from one person to another, you really can't target each individual, right? So that's the whole point. And make sure you use the hashtag so that we retweet you. Um, again, um, you might make hashtag a profit out of Cali, it. Hashtag Sexy correct? Or what, what hashtag? Hashtag Sexy Cali, yes. It's oh. in, you can see every NFT that you click on will have the message here that of what hashtag to use and how we're going to retweet you. Okay. Uh, they're very cheap, environmentally friendly. I already said that. Every time you buy one of these, it gets on the blockchain. No force can remove it. I already mentioned that. The idea, okay, so this is what I mentioned. The idea is to bring Sexy Cali back on Twitter where her Dutva has the upper hand, but this time it's on the blockchain, so they can't remove it. Um, okay, I also wanted to make sure that we are not promising that you're making you're, that you're going to make any money out of this. So we can't be scamming you, okay? This is not a scam because we're not promising you that you're going to make money. You might make money, you might make a profit, but you might not, okay? If the project picks up, you might be able to resell it at a higher price. The, but the main goal is to bring Sexy Kelly back, okay? So if you make a profit, that's just a bonus. So make sure you tweet about it, okay? Don't use the wrong hashtag. Um, and make sure if you sell it, you sell it at a higher price. Make sure you sell it at a higher price that doesn't, um, that doesn't just cover the price that you bought it from, but also the gas fee that you paid for, right? So... Um, the gas fee is going to be, I don't know, I think maybe like it's like if the if it was on the Ethereum blockchain, I think the gas the gas fee would have been like a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. But I think the gas fee on the Polygon blockchain is like thirty dollars or something like that, right? So make sure that if you resell it, you you make a profit on top of everything that you pay, right? But also there's also a ten percent, um, just to be fully transparent with everybody. Where is it? I don't know where you get the information. But there's also a 10% 10, 10 creator fee, which um, if this picks up, we're going to use that to maybe do another NFT collection at some point with the Sita and Kalima couple uh, together when they were kissing. Oh, so that would be so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we will do that more seriously because this was our first attempt. Well, I mean, not more seriously. Like, Yeah, no, let's just focus on this one right now. Okay, this is only 10 if this is successful, maybe we'll do another set at some point, okay? Maybe, maybe not. But let's just focus on Kalima right now. Again, link is the in the description. I think it's the top link right now. Um, so check it out. Um, all right. Anything in the comment about this? Because I want to see what people think about this. Because I want to make sure we do this. Oh, the, people are very excited. Oh, really? They're very excited. People are like, you oh. know, I've been, I've been avoiding the NFT blockchain space. But like now... This has oh, really? me interested. <laughs> guys, oh, I yeah. made sure this is... Yeah, guys, check it out. I made it really, really cheap, okay? Like, this is not the prices that you're usually familiar with on the NFT world, right? Um, you know, this is... But, yeah. And uh, also, if you do tweet about it, 
you could like use you know some you could use this description he has as, as inspiration as what to put in the caption to maybe tell people what the whole point is as well so that would like get more interest in it as well like don't like you could like you could be like hey here's my nft you could buy it or you could like also mention like what you could add some information about this is supposed to be fighting blasphemy laws or promoting free speech or this is like our way of getting back at people who try to erase us for because accusing you know anything you want right but the the language here could give you experience and you don't have to if you think like oh that's too much work i don't want to have to come up with a caption then it's okay you could just be like here's my nft here's my kalima nft uh, go buy it and we will still we'll still retweet you okay we might quote tweet you and add our own caption so if you can't come up with a caption yourself um and you could do it many times you don't have to tweet it once like if you have, keep wanting to promote your sexy cali nft we'll retweet you multiple times as well cool 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 until it sells yeah all right cool this is great yeah, this i'm, is I'm excited this is like such a cool idea you came up with. This is like been yeah. Armin's secret project. <laughs> yeah. And guys, because because there's a lot of shady stuff that might happen in this space, if you think we're doing something that is not ethically right or like maybe like let us know so we could correct for that. Okay. Because I want to make sure that we, it's pointed out to us if we're not doing something that is like you think like it might be scammy or it's not being fully transparent about some things. Like we will, we'll we'll listen and we'll try to make make sure we do it the right way. Yeah, oh. this is just like <laughs> a fun you. way to spread sexy Kali. So blank, oh yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, blank name saying NFT is confusing. Well, guys, um, it will guide you. Like if you go click on, like you don't have to like become really educated. It will. You probably are gonna need like a MetaMask wallet right to buy one right but it will just guide you like hey you want to buy this where's your metamask card and then you're like okay i'm gonna it just walks you through the step you go and like how do i get a metamask card and you get it and then once you have it then you could buy this nft or any other nfts that you want right but it will it's kind of like installing a software or, or adding a browser to your adding an extension to your browser right it's nothing like if you already have extensions on your browser then you already have the technical know-how to be able to do this like it will it's a step-by-step -step thing that will just walk you through it right so it's not that complicated uh, it might redresh seem like is, very complicated yeah go redresh is concerned that the structure that you've come up with is a pyramid scheme it, yeah so this is why i'm saying that you you might not make your money back right so that's why i mentioned that like five or six times right so I keep saying a pyramid scheme, it would be like, hey, buy this and sell it at a higher price. And I, this is a good way for you to make income. We're saying this is not a way to make profit. It might make you profit. It might not make you profit. Okay. Our goal is to spread sexy Cali. So we're, I'm trying to be very careful with the language by saying that you, you might want to just own sexy Cali for just like enjoying to own no you don't have to resell print. it i'm like i want one just to have it well i <laughs> like mean a, i mean if, if you have one and you don't resell it okay then then it's not going to keep spreading you know what i mean i want these 10 i'd want these 10, 10 sexy calories to keep exchanging hands you might even sell it you might even sell it as a, at a loss okay so if you sell it at a loss i mean if you want to if you really want to hold it i guess you could hold it there's nobody that could force you to resell it right but 
it would be a pyramid scheme if I wasn't telling you that I want you to sell it even if you're selling it at a loss because a pyramid scheme is supposed to promise you profits and I'm not promising we're not promising you any profits we're pro, we're, pro, we're what we're suggesting is that this is a way to spread Cali you know everywhere on the internet in a way that is unremovable right so if I was promising you that you're going to make money out of it this would be a scheme that's what, okay does that make sense because I want yeah. to make sure that we're not doing anything sketchy here. Right? Um, you're late for your meeting. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're but, guys, late. I want to make sure that, we're, like, this is very important to me. Because I want to make sure that this, we're not doing anything sketchy. So, thank you for the criticism. And let me know if that, my response makes it, makes it. Okay, so fair. Okay, Rudish is saying fair enough. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, guys. Um, I am late for meeting. So, um Thank you for the first two buyers of Sexy Cali. And if you're not going to buy one, at least like share this video so more people know about it so we could find a way to spread uh, Sexy Cali all over the internet, okay? This is our way to tell people that you cannot get rid of Sexy Cali. Um, and thank you, everybody. And make sure you like the video. Make sure you like it. Don't leave without liking this video because the YouTube algorithm is against us, but your likes help us grow the channel. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.